Hey guys, I just want to take a quick moment to ask for your help. With what I've been able to do in a short amount of time, I feel like this podcast should be recognized as a top quality art podcast. So, with that in mind, I decided to nominate the Postmodern Art Podcast into the 16th Annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. The Podcast Awards are a global award ceremony honoring the best podcast as voted by you, the people. Several amazing podcasts have won in the past, like WTF with Mark Marin, 30 for 30 podcast, and the BS Report. Also, Chris Jericho hosted the 10th annual ceremony, so I, I find that pretty cool. I've nominated the podcast in the arts category, obviously, and I need your help to make sure we secure the nomination. From now until July 31st, you can sign up at podcastawards.com and vote for the Postmodern Art Podcast for free. If enough people vote, we can be a part of the official slate announced in August and be in the running to win the Arts Award and be a part of a historic group of art podcasts like Dad's Drinking Bourbon, the the Beerus Podcast. We like drinking? Wait. They've had to be, like, some of the first winners when this is starting out, right? Hold on. Those are the winners for the past five years? Is that what this podcast is missing? I had to get drunk? I... No. No, no, no. No, this won't do. No, we... We need an art podcast to win the Art Podcast Award. This needs... To be a podcast made for the arts. Hashtag for the arts. Make that trending. Look, in all seriousness, I'm sure Dad's Drinking Bourbon has a great podcast. And I'm sure they probably talk about art in one aspect and another. But I honestly feel like this podcast has made leaps and bounds since I first started this in September of last year. And I would love to see it recognized as one of the best that could potentially be out there. If nothing else, maybe the recognition could help bring more sponsors to the podcast, and then I could be able to turn around and make more amazing content for you guys. So, if you want to help make this podcast more than what it already is and make it something absolutely amazing, go to podcastawards.com, sign up for free, nominate the podcast, keep voting, and get the word out there as much as possible. We need to have an art podcast win the Art Podcast Award. So vote for the 16th Annual People's Choice Podcast Awards today. Welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and today's episode is honestly something else, and I don't mean that just because it's over two hours long. Today we have My Emerald Tears, an artist with quite an online presence that's just as outstanding as their artwork and her story. It's one that I hope you truly enjoy, but enjoy with caution. When we divulge into personal topics, there's conversations of anxiety, OCD, mental health, and some mentions of suicidal tendencies. If this is too much for you to handle, I understand. 
If you need help, I will leave a link to BetterHelp.com for a start to help you get the help you need. Nevertheless, make sure you support Sabrina with the links below. And you can also support her by going to the Postmodern Art Podcast shop to where she was the one that helped Artsy Grandpa with some of the Pride merch that is still available right now. Support the podcast with subscribing, liking, commenting, or sharing the podcast. If you want a place to talk about the podcast, consider joining the Apocalypse Podcast Network Discord server, where you can talk about this podcast and others within the network. In fact, let's hear about another tremendous podcast in the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Hey kids, it's the Honey Leave It Show. We just want to say thank you. We just passed the 3,000 download mark, which is a big deal for a new podcast. And so we're just really, really grateful. If you've never heard of the Honey Leave It Show, it's a comedy podcast about sex. So if you like laughing and you like sex, you should come and listen to the show. If you don't like to laugh and you don't like to have sex, please don't bother. You won't enjoy it at all. Uh, the Honey Leave It Show has new episodes every Friday on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple, of course. Looking forward to seeing y'all there. Bye! And now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Oh, that looks there wonderful. Oh, I thank you. It's my character. It is uh, your character. It is my character. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, trust me, we're definitely going to be getting a good bit into your characters and such because I know there's a lot that goes into that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I will ramble. I don't think you're prepared for it. Man, you ain't prepared for it. Ha- have you seen this podcast before? <laughs> listen. All right. Listen. I have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, the so this is a, like, pre-bit right here i'm gonna probably include this in the podcast there was one time to where one of the guests guy's name is uh dave Captaville, who was the the co-writer for hasman hotel as the co-creator for the far-fetched right here and such we literally talked for like 30 minutes just rambling about bs before we actually started the podcast my god and i included (laughs) that in thank you (laughs) that sounds that is so that is so accurate no listen once you get me started like once you Get we started talking about my characters. I will not shut the fuck up. <laughs> like it's your funeral. It's completely. It's up to you. But I'm just gonna let you know, you're condemning yourself to a very bad fate. Okay. I condemn myself to a bad fate by starting this podcast in the first place. I think I can That's deal with true. my lashes. <laughs> you know what? You know what? That's true. There All you right. Go. All right, Sabrina. Before we get started, I must ask the icebreaker question I ask for every single podcast. What is your most unpopular art opinion? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I have a lot. Uh, okay. All right. So um, this opinion of mine has kind of been, it's it's been forged through a lot, right? It's gone up and down, up and down. Okay. Um, for me, I think that in in terms of like what people are drawing in terms of this and this and that, right? Um, I, you'll see a lot of people who kind of um, what's what's the word for it? Gatekeep like what is acceptable art? What is this? What is that? What is the so? Um, okay, I know this is like quite a long question, like quite a long uh, answer. But um, like when I was growing up. Um, 
I was kind of a victim to media representation more than anybody else okay. in terms of, you know, the, the women who were drawn were always so beautiful and this and this and that and beauty equaled goodness and all that. And, and as I was being raised and as I as I never saw any kind of like representation of like somebody who for example was of my race mm -hmm. or had my had my traits right um when I was like a teenager I would say I almost got kind of like I was almost like a little bitter I was like well where are like where are people like me like where are people who who struggle with their weight who can who who are overweight who are you know really muscular or who look bulky or who you know, lose weight too. Like, where, where, where is this representation, right? But as I, as I started to get older, and this, this is where the unpopular opinion comes in, right? Okay. I realized that it is completely fine to draw something if it makes you happy. If it's like, if it's big booba, like anime, <laughs> like, but, and that's what makes you happy like then 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 just do it you know like there there should be no gatekeeping when it comes to uh what you're allowed to draw and when it comes to let's say shows for i don't know children or or media i do believe that there should be more media representation but this is where i will kind of stray away from 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 other people as somebody who is well a person of color and and as we've discussed right um i i think it's fine to draw whatever you want to draw i think it's fine to to draw things that make you happy if it's not hurting anybody then it's completely fine right so that i know that sounds like that doesn't really sound like an unpopular opinion but like in this climate you'd, you'd be surprised yeah no i was gonna say you say you know i'd be surprised but honestly i've had at least a good couple of guests my first guest super d he actually was the one that first said that there shouldn't be gatekeeping in the first place. Like, that's a major unpopular opinion because, you know, I guess when it comes to artists and such, they have this, like, a, a, a couple of them. I'm not going to say a lot of them, but they have this upper, you know, mentality that you have to have this kind of training. You have to draw this kind of stuff. You have to do this and you do that. But yeah. with what you're saying, which is something I 100% agree with personally, it shouldn't matter as long yeah. as it makes you happy because art is an expressive art form it allows people to really showcase who they really are more than anything else that's something that yeah. i've always tried to enforce from like day one with this podcast more than anything else like do what makes you happy do, more than anything else as long as it's not hurting anyone like you've established yeah exactly no, no, no. and i um i think that you know there there is definitely um man, i don't know how to say this but like it I would say there's a there's a bit of a difference when it comes to let's say like I don't I don't know like a, a current of of shows right of things that are worked on by many many people having an extreme lack of diversity or getting across like the wrong kinds of 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 um, I idealisms and everything or, or representation uh, like they're, they're, exactly yeah so the that can that in itself can be a problem that we can address but. I don't think that it's a good idea to attack anybody because right. you don't know like what they've gone up to in this point to make them draw what they do, to make them you know create what they create. Um, mm -hmm. And and this is coming from again somebody who I have been uh, greatly harmed by the lack of, of of diversity in just media in general, right. shows, comics, you know, anime. This and this and that. Right? I've, I've 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 been harmed from my my view of myself and my view of the world growing up as a as a 
Middle Eastern uh, woman, you know, has been harmed by that. But it doesn't mean that that gives me a free pass to like hate on somebody because they happen to draw attractive women as their main material. Like that's, if it makes you happy, if it pays the bills. Here's another unpopular opinion. Okay. I hate the term selling out. Okay. I hate it. I hate it so much. Hold on. By the way, uh, this podcast is sponsored. No, I'm joking. Uh, Go on. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't mean that I hate selling out. I mean, I hate it when people get on others and say that they're selling out. Mm -hmm. I do not like this because content creators, artists, we are just people who are trying to pay the bills. Trust me, being an artist is one hell of a job. It's, it's, It's brutal, you know, not just... With, with the fact that like your your love and your craft has now become um, something that you need to work on to to pay your bills, but the actual art world is cutthroat. It, it's yeah. really cutthroat, um, and I can't like the reason why I have this opinion is because again when I was younger, I had the complete opposite opinion, and a lot of that was influenced by again the, the people around me and and the groups that I was in and and my own experiences right but then it's like you just do art you just like form your own opinions and and I realize like anybody who's quote unquote selling out is is exercising their own you know their own right to make money off of what they want to do like you wouldn't like go to a doctor and be like smacks like how dare you take money for the surgery like you're selling it like you wouldn't do that you know so it's kind of the same principle so if somebody draws something that uh is more like that that fits into a particularly uh, popular niche and they make a lot of money doing that you know go for it like go for it so like do it um and again it, it sounds like it's kind of like a yeah, who would disagree with that? But, like, people people would. People would. I mean, yeah. I, I think you and I can both agree when we say that the internet is a unique beast when it comes to it opinions is. and such. Like, you know, you, you know, people like myself might be thinking, why would anyone have this opinion? And then I look on Twitter, I'm like, oh, people have that opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, like, and like this opinion, like, it wasn't just, like, and I, I'm being completely upfront when I say that, like, when I was young... I used to have that opinion, but again, that opinion was, in my opinion, uneducated and influenced a lot by, by like a lot of, of, of things that I was surrounded by and my own struggles and everything. And, and once I got away from a lot of that, you know, uh, bad stuff and I was, I was able to really form a, an opinion of my own, I realized why, why do artists spend so much time trying to rip each other down? There you go. Why? Why? I just, I don't understand it. I I don't either, but again, like we've established, the internet is a unique beast. But at the end of the day, (laughs) like, basically putting both your opinions together, people should just love doing art. I mean, is that a hill that you're willing to die on? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, get the shotguns out, man. Okay, maybe (laughs) don't, but like... (laughs) One minute, there's some in the next room over. No, I'm joking. Oh. (laughs) With that... I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm your All host, right. Nathan Raglan. Uh, feel free to subscribe or follow whatever streaming platform you prefer. I'm a part of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Go to apocalypsepodcastnetwork.com to view more about this amazing podcast and others in this amazing network. 
And follow me on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> she is an artist and storyteller, as well as a Twitch affiliate, whose strong presence on Twitter and Discord is as strong as her love for others. Welcome to the podcast, Sabrina, a.k.a. My Emerald Tears! Hey, let's go! <laughs> How you doing today? We need air horns. Hi. <laughs> I was say, how are you doing today? I I am doing wonderful. I am really excited for this opportunity. Well, I, I'm I'm thankful that you're giving me more or less your time and sitting down chatting, talk about your amazing art. But before we really divulge into that, I want to go back just a little bit. I want to know the origin stories of my Emerald Tears. What got you interested in art in the first place? Okay, so um, that's a heavy one. Okay. So um, as I would say a good a good amount of people know. Um, I, I I just love how like all of my answers are like rambling messes until they finally eventually reach the point. But um, yeah, so I I was not I did not have the happiest childhood. Like I'm, <laughs> um, if you kind of catch my drift, right? right. Um, and, and I never really um, one of the things that was was very um, that that is actually quite prevalent when it comes to like Middle Eastern communities, right? Is that there's a lot of pressure that is put on on children on on people in in this next generation that may have more opportunities than the ones before right, right. to do something with their life that th like that your parents or that the society in the middle east deems uh useful mm -hmm. or or successful or making money etc right so since i was young it was like you're being a doctor right and there's like a, a good amount of reasons for that. Um, like my, my parents were kind of always, um, you know, huge on like aptitude tests and IQ tests and this and that. And I, I uh, you know, my, my scoring on that, like this sounds like a hummer brag, but it, like it really isn't because I don't really care. But like I would always get very, very high on it. And so they were like, yeah, you know, this, you know, this perfect. And, and um, I also have... Uh, illnesses myself like my physical illnesses right so they were like yeah this kid will be the doctor you know um and so i never understood what it was like to like do something for myself ever okay. right if if i did if i if i got a's uh, perfect scores in school i would bring it home i would feel pride right but i i i didn't actually realize that the pride that i was feeling was more a look what this person is going to think maybe this person will be proud my pride wasn't directly correlated to my achievements it was correlated to how my parents and 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 my family would perceive my achievements right, right. um so um that that being said um as a kid i was I was super, super into anime um, and, and and stories and reading and this and this and that and uh, uh, excuse me and um, I I always like kind of I always found myself being like lost in these in these kinds of, of things right and so I remember I was in sixth grade I had a friend uh, I had a friend who drew mm -hmm. um, and I was just always kind of thinking like what if I drew right like what 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 is this what is that right, right. and and I um, I remember it completely because I was in math class and I had like um, a manga that was like on on my uh, on my desk I already blasted through the assignment that I had to do um and I spent 30 minutes copying like like 
trying to replicate this like really stupid anime eye that was like on the on the manga right? right and i was so focused on it and like it was just it was super in- it was like really intense for me right um okay. and then the class ended and everything and then i looked down and i stared at at this at this I mean, now I'm like, oh, God, there was probably an abomination, right? But I, I, I stared at, in my mind, this masterpiece, right, this, that, that I created, that I did. And it was the first time in my, genuinely in my entire life, that I felt pride for something that I did, regardless of what anybody else thought of right so yeah. i i i can't i can't explain it but like that feeling was addicting because in a sense it gave me my own identity in, in a time where i wasn't really allowed to have one um and as i drew more because i wanted to feel that again this and this and that and characters came along and everything to say that uh in general the culture surrounding art is bad is an understatement <laughs> so that didn't go well um i went through a lot i had to fight through fire just to be able to draw just to be able to proclaim this is what i want to do i don't want to be what you want me to be right this is my identity right it took years and years and a lot of like we're not even going to go into that right but the one thing that always stayed is like no matter what happened no matter what it put me through no matter anything my my love for creating and my love for stories and art and all of this was still there it was still there um and it, it's hard to explain but it's just like it just it just clicked you know it just clicked because with art i can create my own reality i can create my own story i have some form of control over what i want to draw and and who i want to represent and this and that and and that for like for for a kid who had almost no control over anything right like that in itself is it, it, it's so freeing, you know, like I, I know for a fact I've grown so much just through this this process of creating um, and 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 the amount of like emotional turbulence that creating can really put you through. Right. So, yeah, that, that's essentially how I got it. I, I got started. Um, it, it was just kind of like. I'm sure, like, other people have been like, oh, yeah, I had this influence and that. But, like, no, for me, it was just kind of like that one little eureka moment that ended up, like, changing my entire trajectory in life, you know? Right. I mean, well, as you explained in your story, more or less, it's kind of one of those, like, you just spent more or less going through your life just going with the flow, going with whatever system that you were basically implementing and seeing your situation, more or less. So to have that kind of yeah. that moment, that realization that it's more that that almost like a self-discovery moment more than anything else that it just unleashed everything that has been more or less been buried under again all these different systems or whatnot like i can only imagine i can only imagine like how relieving it must have felt for you to just simply be like you know this is more than just you know me going with the flow of life this is me being me at the end of the day yeah yeah exactly like it was it was something that that feeling it is something that I will I will fight to the death to have like and nobody and I and I mean like again like my my ability to create has gone through a lot right mm-hmm. just to be able to proclaim this is what I want to do as for like for my entire life right I've <laughs> I've opened myself up to a lot of stuff just by doing that especially in in this in the Middle Eastern um, culture where the, this process of like 
art and creative stuff is, is still really not accepted, right? Um, and I, I would never, ever, I would, I would never take it back, you know? Uh, it doesn't matter, like, what I have to do, you know? Like, creating is, is, is basically, like, my life force, and, yeah, there, there's nothing I would, I would ever do to, like... I would I would take anything if it meant that I was able to create art and 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 you know hopefully inspire other people and and help others you know it's just it's it's just something that is very integral to to who I am. Yeah, I mean it absolutely should be, especially with some of the amazing art that you've made, and we'll definitely go more into that in a second. I just want to I, I do want to ask real quickly. You said that manga was like a major influence or whatnot. Is there any particular like inspirations when it comes to how you go forth with your art like are any of those mangas still like influential in like your art style and such okay so i'm pretty sure i'm gonna get like 90 percent of the people on this like listening to this podcast to like hate me in this one moment <laughs> <laughs> i have i have outgrown manga and anime okay. I've, I've outgrown it so when i was younger absolutely 100 percent um the the one manga that I was, I, I, I'll be honest, I still read now because it's like close and, and near to my heart is, is One Piece, okay. right? One Piece is, it's good, man. It's good. It's so good. It's right? addicting at um, this point. <laughs> it's really, it's so, it's so good. Like I've, I started reading it when I was, when I was four years old, mm-hmm. four, which is probably not great. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe that's why I'm a little fucked up, but like that's okay. Um, but yeah, like I I I love it. Like it, it was definitely like one of the main stories that I got into, and and then you know once I started getting into like manga, and then I and I ended up like figuring out like oh what's this manga freak? Like you can read like manga online for mm, no cost, and this, I I kind of just went down like this proverbial rabbit hole. Um, and and all of that and the thing is is that i would say that manga has still influenced me to some extent of course it has you know of course it has um because it is what i i grew up on right Right. but um as as i've gotten older and as i've kind of like you know i've I've, i feel like i've outgrown a lot of the stuff that i kind of see in 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 manga um quite uh quite prevalently um i have moved on to different forms of, of of inspiration and i I indulge myself in different things. I mean, namely video games, you know, which sounds really weird when you think about it. Like, oh yeah, you grew up from manga to video games. Wow, how how old did you age in your brain? Like two years, but like, uh, yeah, no, um, yeah. Uh, I definitely think that, like, in terms of like my love for storytelling, I've definitely been influenced by by manga. Um, in in terms of like how much I want to express emotion, a lot of manga is very very emotional and very you know it emphasizes a lot on that. Um, I I love like stories about about you know struggles and this and this that. But um, as I mentioned before, um, some problems with representation or maybe like um, the the expression of ideals that might not necessarily be healthy for let's say a young woman growing up like these are things that i've i've seen that are very common in a lot of 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 stories and and manga that i've that i've seen that i've read and and so i want to take these positive influences that i've gotten from growing um up with with know this media and then hopefully create stories that can still inspire the same passion but hopefully not like kind of you know not carry some of the 
some of the problems that I've, I've, I've kind of seen with that, which is like, for example, like rampant sexualization. Like I'm not saying that sexualization is bad, but it's sexualization against usually the character's will. Yeah. You know, so it's like always like, haha, you know, look, we're gonna like grope this person or whatever, like stuff like that, or, or, um, you know, things like that that I, I feel like we can we can do better to teach our our you know to teach people who are growing up like healthy boundaries with themselves and how to see the world and not having to you know just a, a lot of things that I think were are definitely like a product of their time and that yeah. we should move on from. So. Yeah, okay. Not a long-winded answer. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> no, that, that, that's fair. I know you said, like, One Piece when it comes to the manga. I, I want to know, like, as you said yourself, you take a lot of inspiration from video games. What do you think is, like, w w in terms of what you're talking about with, like, the representation and all stuff like that, what do you think is the most, like, the best case of representation in a game? Or what game has, like, the best representation out there all around? Oof. Uh... <laughs> God, I, I have to think about that. Okay. Um, oh my God. I actually, I actually don't know, you know, um, because um, part, this sounds like a little bit of a, of a pessimistic answer, but like, okay, no, definitely recently there has been a lot more representation and mm -hmm. like, don't get me wrong. I think that we are definitely going in a very, in, in a great path. Right. Um, but like growing up a lot of the games that i love and that the games that are like close uh, to my heart for example legend of zelda or or uh you know kingdom hearts uh anything nintendo really you know all this kind of stuff it the characters can be a little predictable in terms of how they're creating everything legend of zelda uh, like for example with breath of the wild has mm -hmm. definitely gotten like oh my god the character designs are sublime they're so good um so like definitely like not legend of zelda as much anymore like legend of zelda is just like amazing but um i i, I honestly never really thought like growing up i never played a game and thought wow i i am like this character or i look like this character or i can relate to this character because unfortunately there wasn't that much representation um and, and that's why like i find myself stumbling on this question because the way that i've kind of like gone forth in in this in this kind of you know creative uh path is be be the change that you want to see mm -hmm. and and so because I haven't actually noticed that much representation, I, I try to draw my own characters that, you know, harken back to more realistic people of, you know, of different races, of different backgrounds, different struggles, be it mental, uh, be it physical disabilities, et cetera, right? So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I, I can't actually give you much of an answer. Like, I'm sure that there are a lot of games, especially recently, that have come out that that really hit the mark on, on that kind of stuff. And if anybody can point me in their direction, I would love that. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, when it comes to like off the top of my mind, I, I can't actually give you an answer. Okay. No, no, I mean, that's kind that, of sad. It is sad. And I mean, it's fair, but it's one of those, you know, like you said, yes, the industry may have already made like leaps and bounds towards like better representation as a whole, but I think entertainment as a whole still has a long way to go before it's a, a, more or less a good balance with all this kind of stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I think it's important. Oh, I'm so sorry for cutting you off. No, no, um, no go ahead. I just want to say, um, I, I think it's important to, to, to say that 
being proud of the progress that you know that just society in general has made on uh, on on developing like more representation etc cetera, etc cetera. and also admitting that there is still a long way to go i don't think those should be mutually exclusive right yeah. i can be proud of how far we've come while also saying eh, yeah sometimes you know a lot of times people still need to try harder you know like right. we still have quite a while to go it, it doesn't mean that like it doesn't mean that there hasn't been progress it's just you know there are still problems um, yeah i mean that that's you know probably the best way anyone could word it at this point you know again you know there's like I said before, it's like it's it's great to see what has been made, but at the same time, you know, there's still there's still good ways to go. And I'm sure as times progress a little bit more and as as more people get involved that encourage that representation, I'm sure there's gonna be a whole lot more like out there that people can like cling on to and like 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 you were saying, like connect a lot better than what's already out there. So Oh yeah, absolutely. Um I think uh to, to go off of that point, one of the most transformative moments, right, was when uh, I was I was on Instagram for a little bit. I didn't really like it that much, but like I was on Instagram and I, I garnered like um, a decent following. Like, I don't know how it happened, but I did. Right. And I remember I got a comment. Um, I got not a comment. I got a, a DM, sorry, from someone who was between the age of like 13 and 15. Mm -hmm. Right. I forgot. I forgot exactly. But they were young. Right. Okay. And I, I remember they sent me this DM and they they were basically thanking me. And they were thanking me for, for drawing Yuna, right, who is my character. Um, I'm guessing this is the moment in the podcast where pictures of her will go up on the screen. And, you know this podcast um, a little too well. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so sorry to anybody who can't see the video feed, but just imagine, okay, just imagine in your brain, right? Have, have a fun brainstorming session, right? Audio yeah, lovers, um, we love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, she was thanking me um, for drawing Yuna and for drawing her like I would any other character, regardless of how she looked, her race, you know, her facial features, her weight, because and in this in this girl's who obviously I'm going to respect the, you know, the identity of. Yeah. Um, yeah. in this girl's words, it made me feel like I can be beautiful even if I'm overweight. Right. And that hit me like a goddamn train because that is one of the biggest struggles that I have with myself, right? Because my weight has gone everywhere. My weight, I've been super skinny. I've been, I've been overweight. I've been muscular. Like my body goes, my body has field day, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've never had this consistent identity. I've never had this consistent view of myself. And, and especially when I've been overweight, you, you feel so like subhuman because like that's what media has kind of like made you made you think of yourself like overweight people are always like the butt of the jokes they're never the main character they're never this they're never that you know um especially for for women you know like women are made fun of a lot for their weight it's in in my in my culture even you're expected to be beautiful and that is a is almost a prerequisite when it comes to finding love if you are not beautiful it's almost translated as in you don't deserve love, right? And so having somebody in my in my DMs where I'm here thinking like my drawings, like my art, like I'm not like popular like at all, you know, I'm nowhere near like known and everything. And yet, even even then, I was able to help one person with their like with with how they see themselves. Like that is what I do art for. Like there is you do not need to wait until you have this huge audience to start 
making a change in terms of, of, of representation. You don't need to you don't need to wait an, until like you know you have like tens of thousands of people who are who are lining up to see yourself. You don't need to wait for that because like even helping one person, in my opinion, means that you're you're doing your part. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying again draw whatever you want to draw, do whatever you want to do. But like if 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 you're like me, where you know you are uh, inspired to to create characters that kind of deviate from the norm, and you're worried like because of how people are gonna perceive it. Because like, t- trust me, I've got a lot of hate for like my characters, man. I've got a lot of stuff. Um, naturally, of course, you know. Um, no matter the hate that I get, like getting that comment or getting the the few kinds of you know like thank you for drawing her like we love this character or we love your stories this that is what like feels me through through everything because like i'm i'm helping somebody not have to like end up with this like shattered vision of of themselves like i unfortunately have right because of what if the, the media that i've ingested and and all of that so um yeah just kind of to to go off of uh, your your point yeah. and everything there's never you know, you there's no there's no like kind of like there's there's no requirement that you need to start like changing world or changing representation. This is not like if you have if you feel like you're not being represented, do it. You know, like represent yourself. You know, like don't go. care what anybody else is gonna say. Just just who cares? You know, if they if they label you like I don't know like a social justice warrior, they're like you're just doing this for like class. Who cares? Who cares? You know, just do it. Uh, I don't know if anyone said this before, but you are like a fireball right now when it comes to these little takes, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get told I am super opinionated, and it's like, yeah. And I you know what? That's wonderful. I am glad because there's nothing else like this stuff. This stuff's the kind of stuff that, you know, is out there or whatnot. It needs to be said one way or another. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, at the end of the day, we are all here on this, you know, God-forsaking earth or whatever forsaking earth. And we're just trying to get through life day by day and doing what you want to make you happy and representing yourself. If that makes you happy more than anything else, go out and do it at the end yeah. of the day. Just, just do it, you know? Like, just, just do what makes you happy. Um, and if you, like, I, I, cause I know that I'm not the only one cause I've, I've heard it from so many people and hello, like, again, I grew up, so I, I, I grew up, uh, I was born in America, but I'm, I mainly grew up in Dubai. Right. Okay. Um, and, um, in my school, um, there were people who came from all over the world. There was, mm-hmm. there was no ethnic majority. Everybody just came from everywhere. Okay. Like you, you had you had people who were American, you had people who were European, you had people who were well Middle Eastern, you had people who were who were Indian, who were Asian, who were like Native American. You had so many, or, or just Native, like you just had so many people from all over the place, right? right. Um, and so you, I, like I grew up in that extent, not really seeing it's hard to explain but like of course of course there was racism of course i was bullied for for my features and and everything but that this is another story right but um i i was raised seeing so many different types and of people coming in different shapes and sizes and and not to like kind of like equate humanity to like you know donuts that like you pay like i'm not trying to like make it seem like that but you know 
I've, I've seen so many different types of people. I've become friends with so many different types of people. And I think it's just a shame that like 99% of these people are not represented in, in modern media. Right. Um, and uh, I would definitely say that my upbringing has, has definitely influenced that. Mm-hmm. Um, as in like the people that I've seen and, and all of that. Um, and perhaps that's where like my, my takes come from. Um, it also probably comes from, as, as I mentioned before, the fact that I've like, had to fight to do what I want to do, you know, and um, I'm just, you know, I mean, like, if I if I want to draw my character, Middle Eastern, if I want to draw a character that I feel I can relate to because of how, like, the struggles that she goes through and, and you know, how she looks, like, hell yeah, I'm going to do it, you know, and nobody should ever feel otherwise. There you go, and there you go, and speaking of, obviously, leading the fourth one comes to that representation and those characters and such. I want to talk about your characters more or less. Um, oh, so, no. For those who don't know, you want to give an overview on some, if not all of your characters? <laughs> I do. You know what you're asking for? I'm fully aware, but you know what? This is a podcast. This is supposed to be a long podcast. So if you need to ramble for all a right. little bit, <laughs> like I said, it, it, at the very least, like top three or top five, however many characters you have, just like, Go forth and just talk about them. That's that's all I'm asking for all at right. this point. I will talk about I will talk about my main two. Okay. I'll talk about my main two characters. So Yuna, right, and and Adrian. Um. All right. So, um, my story is uh, God. It is a labor of love. But one thing that's important to note is that these characters have grown up with me. Okay. They've changed as I've gone through a lot in my life. Um. They've they've it's almost like, you know, subconsciously they have they have developed, they have grown up alongside with me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, so a, a lot of what my story kind of revolves around is this idea of of kind of bringing light to uh, to tropes and to stereotypes that I see represented a lot that can actually do real harm if. Um, manifested into the real world, right? Okay. So, f- for example, uh, Yuna, right, her whole story revolves around the fact that she is born um, as a, ooh, chosen one, you know, she's she's born as as the reincarnation of, of a goddess and everybody, like, her country reveres her and mm-hmm. the thing is, is that she is never seen as human, ever, from the moment that she is born. Um, she doesn't even have a name, she her her name is actually in in my story Salias, which is the name that every single chosen one um, gets, and there's only one every couple of like uh, dec- like <laughs> decades, right? Uh, centuries, right? Um, and so the w- with Yuna, right? What what I wanted to do is I wanted to show um, the the danger of of well idealization and romanticization of somebody, because in my opinion, and I've gone through it a lot, and this isn't something that like is only like saved for you know people who have like fantastic powers and you know all of... this is something that you see very often even online when, with people who like idolize like their favorite you know creators and since that um yuna is human it doesn't matter like what she's gone through she is human and she's been essentially denied the right to be human since she was young she's not allowed to feel things She's not allowed to express things. She's not allowed to have wants or, or desires or needs. Since she's young, like since she was born, basically, her purpose was like, you were, you were a vessel for this goddess that, in, in my story, by the way, we don't, like, there is no clear proof, uh, proof, sorry, that the goddess does or doesn't exist. Mm. It is essentially accepted 
upon, right? It is like, this is, this is how it is, this is faith, right? So, um, God, I'm like a rambling mess right now. But yeah, so um, Yuna grows up going through a lot, not being able to be herself. She essentially, she fights back though. She, uh, she, she tries to have her own identity. Like she even gives herself her own name, right? Yuna. Okay. Um, which if you look up what Yuna means compared to Solias, which is soul, light, um, there, there is supposed to be a, a dichotomy between those the, the meanings of those two names. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so uh, the, the story basically essentially follows her, and it follows um, uh, a really heartbreaking journey that, that ends up happening where... I mean, I'm, I'm going to spoil it, but like, who cares? Because like, this is basically within the beginning of the story, right? Um, where... <laughs> Um, where Yuna's Yuna's father is unfortunately killed and um, in a huge kind of attempt, whatever. Um, And her life is attempted against, and the person who is behind all of this is is her brother, who is, I would say, one of my most human characters. I don't want to make it a bad guy that is just bad for the sake of being bad. Uh, There is reason behind what he does. I'm not saying that, like, you know, I I think that... you know, you know, you've made a character. Like, you know, you made a good character when you can just like sit down and be like, "I fucking hate this guy." <laughs> like, he's mine, but I fucking hate him. And so, um, I don't mean, get that, me wrong. That, I hate that, this. I mean, that, there's probably good reason behind it, but I mean, at the same time, you know, a, a, a great disdain for someone is nothing to be, you know, ashamed of. <laughs> yeah, here, you know what? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get you his. <laughs> oh. A rip to the audio only um listeners but here to death. i'm gonna send this is <laughs> this is this is him this is this is the baby boy uh so this is cyrus right that's yuna's brother and i i guess i should get you some pictures of yuna too now that i think yes. about it i was gonna um, say I, I was gonna say after the podcast go ahead and just send me just like at least a good couple of the characters you're gonna be talking about so i can have them plastered yeah. I, I know which ones you want represent want to represent it more than anything else but I'm currently looking. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, is that the way that he's drawn, he kind of seems like he looks like a typical protagonist, doesn't he? Right. He looks like he should be the hero. That's intentional. <laughs> <laughs> That's intentional, right? So yeah. So um, and and so after Yuna's, uh, unfortunately, a lot of stuff happens, and she walks in on on that happening she walks in on her father um being killed right a lot of stuff there's a lot of planning and this there's wars between between um providences like their providence because oh pff, i am such a dumbass <laughs> yuna's a princess <laughs> i forgot this yuna's a princess mm-hmm. um the 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 whole bloodline revolves around the bloodline of the strongest warriors and mm-hmm. just you know cliche stuff which is again intentional because it's supposed to shatter all of these kinds of things um uh but yeah so the the king is Yuna's dad um and so it's, it's a really big deal that this this happened right um and so obviously you know gets like fucked up from that um and i'm i'm really simplifying it a lot because these characters are when I say they're extremely complex, I don't mean it as like a subtle pack, like pat to my back. I mean it as a, oh my god, how do I explain this? You know, because there's <laughs> so much, <laughs> like there's so much from her past. And this, um, but yeah, so she she gets, I mean, 
obviously this is something that's like highly traumatic regardless of everything that she's been through all of that um she almost gets uh, she almost gets killed as well but um her uh her guardian who is adrian who is the second uh main character of, of the story um ends up saving her um and uh they escape right so they escape the castle and um they escape like the entire um area and they have to flee right and so what ends up happening is that they end up um in the wilderness right they end up in the wilderness and as they will find out i mean yuna's like messed up right so she's dealing with a lot but um what ends up happening is that they get blamed for uh the death of her father it's mm. it's basically seen as regicide right and the reason why it's so easy to blame her is i mean number one there's there's a lot of also there's like a racism uh, there's a lot of racism in in the story as well um and one thing to note is that adrian her guardian is not human uh, and is mm. yeah and he has gone through a lot of discrimination because of it but okay. it's also because Yuna again has never been seen as human. She's never been seen as right. So it's so easy for people to be like, yeah, you know, she's a monster. This is because she was literally she was born and and she was raised being seen as like a weapon of war, as as like a vessel for the goddess, right? She was not born as somebody who has emotions, who has feelings, who has things that she would or wouldn't do, right? It, it doesn't matter if she has, for example, like a very strict like no kill policy. It doesn't matter if she has, if she would never do anything to harm somebody, even if they put her through like if if they put her through hell. Obviously, like you know their family. That's what I mean. But. Uh, what ends up happening is this reputation that it, it precedes her essentially and and this country that she wants i can't really say that she called it home because she's been through a lot with it right. but this the whole province the whole world right the, the people that she has been forced to swear that she will protect since she was basically born her her quote-unquote subjects but she doesn't see them like that right but they end up turning on her and she gets a huge bounty smacked onto her head and um it's then it's from that point in the story that's where the story really starts where she has to now survive in a world that has essentially forsaken her from the start right um grappling with with the, the oncoming of her like the, with her powers she's a young adult um i i notice a lot of stories make the people like 16 or 17 and everything which is like okay i get it like usually it's marked it's marketed towards kids yeah. um yuna when the story starts is 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 21 through i would say the age of like 27 right so she's across these ages because i wanted to create something that's a little more gritty raw in nature yeah. um and something that can that, that can be you know you can feel like you relate a lot more to the character right so there's a lot of those kinds of struggles but like a lot of it is just this this battle with like her own humanity like because obviously when people start to come after you when when people start to hunt you down right there's going to be casualties and it doesn't necessarily have to be your fault right so yuna who has a very shattered sense of self already has to go through this world thinking like if I stay alive, if I continue to do this, people are going to die. It doesn't matter if they're dying for the right reasons. It doesn't matter if they're dying for something that is essentially a lie. They're mm -hmm. still dying. They're still getting hurt, right? So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of um, that kind of struggle. And so essentially, yeah, it is It is basically, um, it, it follows Yuna's struggle, um, just surviving, um, coming to terms with how unfair the world is and how unfair the world will be to her um a lot of it is 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 acceptance right yeah. it, it's really 
harsh acceptance that like not everybody and not like not everybody is born in an equal position right not everybody is born with and it doesn't it doesn't matter if she was royalty it doesn't matter if she was born into royalty right what what matters is that since she was young all she's known is pain um which sounds super edgy but like yeah like all she's known is is like this is what I have to inflict. This is, and she can fight back against it all she wants. It can be in her nature to proclaim her own humanity. But like when the entire world is seemingly against you and the entire world is like going against you when everybody sees you as this monster and everybody's scared and it, it's really hard for it not to become almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're like, well, if everybody sees me as a monster and this is what I have to do to stay alive, like what is stopping me from becoming that monster? Right. 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 So that's like a really that's a super fast um, overview of you. I can't even explain how fast that is. I mean, you, um, you say it is fast, but I mean, there was still a lot of like juicy details that went into that description. I, I just have to ask more or less like you've basically built like an entire like Odyssey saga of, you know, these characters and yeah. such. How much of yourself have you invested into this? Like, are these characters more or less like a comfort character for you or like ways for you to like more or less express things that you've personally struggled with like how much of the story oh. is you oh my god um so a lot of it like as i mentioned before because i was when i when i was younger right i didn't like when i started creating stories again i didn't see any representation because mm -hmm. these characters have grown up with me mm -hmm. um and adrian as well as a hella tragic character so like oh god <laughs> <But> <laughs> i'm just kind of here like god my characters are so fucked up <laughs> um, um so uh, unknowingly a lot of these things that i've seen a lot of the things that i've gone through when it comes to like not the best like house uh, or, or like family um life and um you know a lot of stuff like struggles with mental illness and and this this concept of like being you know just kind of unlucky um and, and everything um more more than i've more than i even realized until it was like too late i have put in those experiences and the ways that my view of the world has changed i've put it into these characters these characters are i would say the most important thing to me like period like everybody has like you know that like one special like kind of possession or something that they hold near and dear to their their heart i don't got a hubby i got my characters okay like <laughs> my my characters are really like my 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 one true love um and uh, i like they are, they are everything they are everything to me because they too have helped me open up my eyes they too help me express these things and 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 even yuna's design has changed like yuna used to be super beautiful super skinny super beautiful her face was completely like you know how you'd expect like a fantasy kind of female protagonist right super were pretty graceful everything and then i was just kind of like you know what fuck it because like that does not fit that does not fit her character it doesn't fit her struggles it doesn't fit what she goes through it just you know like even those like small things it, it's hard to explain because when you have these characters that you've that you've had since you were super young and who have essentially grown up grown up sorry alongside you even when you're not consciously creating them right they in themselves i'm gonna sound like i'm gonna, I'm gonna sound so weird here but like they have they almost have grown up uh, regardless of me, they have their own kind of identities. They have their own, their own, uh, what's the word for it? They have their own presence, right? A lot of times, for example, like, you know, if my friends are like, want a role player, this or this, that, it's kind of like, they all know when it comes to role playing, you know, or Adrian is kind of like, wind it up and let it go. Because you know? yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't have, I, I can't consciously control these 
I mean, I can't, obviously, I can write out these characters and everything, but, like, they have gotten, they, they've developed to this point where it's kind of like, I just know what they're going to do in any given situation because it's almost like this other person is reacting to it. And and because of that, they are, they are, they are my creations, but they're also essentially, like, my, <laughs> so weird. they're always, like, my best friends as well, you know? Right. I'm not saying that they, like, exist or anything, but, like, yeah, so... Um, that's why it's it's so hard to sit down and, and be like, all right, this is you and this is the overview, because like I, I have to explain what is essentially, at least to myself, a fully fledged human. Yeah. Right. And like how do you do that? How do you do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, trust me, with with how you were describing it or what throughout that whole entire thing, I could tell I was almost convinced like this was a, a real human or a real person at one point. Cause it's like the, the amount of Aww. like the, the amount of time and effort that you've had to dedicate to this thing and the amount of like energy more or less that you've put into these characters like i can tell there is a true love and passion with these characters to where they've basically developed their own life of their own like at this point when you're exactly. right at this point when you're writing the story you're not like writing the story you want to tell you're letting them do their thing and you're basically writing down the records of it more or less exactly that is the best way to put it and like that's actually um my dream my dream for my story right um which hopefully i will be able to achieve it you know, God willing, if, if I, you know, if, I'm not going to say if, when I, I recover from all of stuff that I'm going through it and everything, my biggest dream is to have, is to make my story into an interactive graphic novel where essentially you, you are going to have to make the choices as Yuna and your choices as Yuna going forward will drastically change the outcome of the story it will drastically change the ending and i'm going to be really honest the way that i've written the story and a lot of the themes that i have the ending i bet you 99 of people are going to get a bad ending um and i don't i don't say this as like a like oh you know it's so dark i'm i'm so edgy it's not it's just a lot of what i discuss in the story is our problems like that we have in these like internal biases you know that that how we see people how we react to things like this and this like what one thing about adrian i will get into him is that i i've made adrian to be a very a, a super super attractive kind of male character and that ties a lot into his perception and, and unfortunately a lot of his his trauma right because yeah. of course he wasn't born like that right he worked a lot hard like he worked very very hard to get to that place because he had unfortunately become convinced that like I need to be as useful as possible and, and what's what's one thing that can be useful appearance attractiveness right so um and yeah because of how he looks people will perceive him in a completely different way to let's say how yuna is 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 perceived when she is not necessarily the most like um, she's not like the most like conventionally attractive kind of person around and I, I talk a lot about these kinds of things right but but um a lot of these a lot of our ways of like for example, here here's a good example. Um, how many times in a story have you seen the main protagonist kind of always push until you know the job is done and never give up and strength of character and this and this? Here's the thing though, not everybody is built for that. Not everybody is created for that. And 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 like Yuna, for example, like one thing that I, I will definitely do in the story is the harder you push her, 
the more she's going to fall down, right? And and that's one of the one of the biggest struggles that she has to do. I'm not saying that she doesn't have the willpower, she doesn't have the ability to continue fighting on for this battle, fighting for justice, trying to right the wrongs, trying to save all of these people, right? But like there's also the struggle that there's also going to be, you know, what's going to be considered a devil, quote unquote, in her ear that's whispering why are you doing this? Like, why are you hurting yourself for these people? There is, sure, you know, you have your morals, you have this, you have the quote-unquote right thing to do, but has the right thing to do ever benefited yourself? Has it ever, like, at one point, at one point, are you living out what everybody else wants you to be and completely disregarding yourself? And it's funny because, like, that point, you know, the whole, like, you know, do you do you want to do this? Do you have to do this, et cetera? The quote-unquote devil in Yuna's ear as she kind of goes off on this journey and, and you know, masses like a, a small amount of, of friends and leads a revolution. The, the devil in her ear is actually Adrian. And Adrian is also written in a way where you kind of are almost inclined to see him as antagonistic. But the thing is, is that he is right. He is right. And so there's these things, like if you're just kind of coasting through the story and you're not really thinking about it, and this is, you're gonna see it as a case of somebody who is trying to hold back the main protagonist. And of course I'm gonna push forward. And if you do that, I guarantee you, somebody is gonna die. Somebody is gonna have their life shattered because not everybody, not people are just not built for these kinds of things. And Yuna, from the moment that she was born has always been a gentler soul like this entire journey completely destroys her it destroys her from the inside out like not just her powers harming her but yeah so kind of rambling but like um a lot of a lot of this is is what i want to kind of express in the story i want to look at um i, I want to show people that like all of these kinds of things that we've internalized as being for example like we see bravery as like not being scared right or like standing up to any challenge and but in my in in my humble opinion somebody who struggles with a lot of anxiety disorders and, and especially in the story right bravery to me is when somebody is terrified their bones of doing what they need to do or doing something that will benefit everybody or doing you know the quote unquote right thing but then doing it anyways like if you feel the fear and you do it anyways because you know that's what's best for everybody that is what true bravery and true strength is right and, and so yeah like i'm like my characters aren't like super like badasses like i'm not going to show them as being like you know this and this and, that, and like they can take down this without even th like no because that's not like if 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 I was put into a situation like that i'd fucking i'd cry you know? i'd be like, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah, like of course not you know and if 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 you were, if, if, you know, my, my friends, the people that I went to high school with, the people that I talk on, like, if we were put into these situations, you know, we have to take into consideration our own humanity and our own, our own limits. And that is something that I don't see represented a lot in, in, in stories, especially action, adventure, fantasy, etc. I, I don't see that the whole, the, the, the aspect of the mental burden that, these kinds of lives will put somebody under. I don't, I don't see that discussed at all. And, and so, yeah, if you disregard Yuna's like mental health and well-being, if you fall for the various, like the various traps I'm going to put in there that will show whether or not you're actually really thinking of Yuna as a human, or if you're thinking of Yuna as a protagonist, if you fall for them, you will get a bad ending, right? So I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be light with this kind of stuff because that's just kind of how it is, you know?
Like yeah. people with mental illness who live through all of the stuff like this, people who struggle with these kinds of things, like we don't have any choices to go over and redo and to do it again. Life isn't going to be easy on us, right? So yeah, I, it's it's a little heavy. I know it's heavy, but I also think that it's important for people to see these characters that I've created as what they are and that is painfully human right painfully human no matter what right. um and and that they should treat them accordingly and my hopes with the story maybe is that we will start to if if somebody ends up thinking like hard about like all right why has the story ended up like this or this is what this action did or this is what this action did maybe they will feel compelled to you know take a second thought at 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 doing something that might harm another person right. or, you know, maybe spreading a rumor here or talking a little bit of shit there or this or this or that, or being mean to this person. Like that, that's my hopes of, of this. Like every single person in our world, the way that I see it, every single person is the protagonist in their own story and everybody's lives can be completely like haywire. Like it can, it can go a haywire at any given moment. You never know. And, and yeah, so it, Oh God, I'm talking so much, but a large part of the story is is being open-minded and 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 tolerance and and really thinking and considering that everybody is is human and everybody struggles and you never know what's going on with somebody and and yeah, so that that's a big thing. Um, there you go. Uh, I didn't even talk about Adrian yet. <laughs> I, I'm just going to start off by saying, first off, never apologize for rambling. One of my favorite things when it comes to this podcast is when people are talking and they get that point to where they get basically like tunnel vision, if you know what I'm talking about. It's like you, you're you're, yeah. full, you're fully invested. You just want to talk about nothing but like that one thing that like drives your passion more than anything else. That's when I know that a guest is all in. So you've been all in and then some with this story. I could tell that from when you first started talking about this thing, Lord knows how long ago. <laughs> you gotta call me out, huh? <laughs> hey, you know what? It's a good call out because again, this is more or less something that like drives your passion and Honestly, with the way that you're talking about it and all these these plans that you have, I really do hope you get the opportunity to showcase that to several people, to, to thousands of people. I mean, you already have, like I've established in the beginning, you already have a strong community and such when it comes to like artists out there that just love what you what you do. You know, this online presence <laughs> that you have. How impressed, how impressed or humbling, or how do you feel about this basically online community that has more or less surrounded you since you've really gone all in with this art? uh i speechless honestly um every single day it is something that i wake up to i see in my server people are talking you know people whenever i post art people are so excited to see it whenever i talk like i i i when it comes to groups online i have not had my i have not had a great share of them i've i've run into some pretty i've run into some pretty bad groups Right. And, and don't get me wrong, I've made many mistakes. Like, I'm not going to make it seem like I am, like, some saint. Like, no, I fucked up. I fucked up so hard, right? But I I, I've, I, I was in groups that did not allow me to grow, that I've, I've been through a lot. Um, and to be in, in a community like this, like, at, at times, sometimes I'm like, something bad's going to happen, right? <laughs> like, it's too good to be true. Right? So I, I have that, like, I have that, I have that like, um, anxiety there. But... Um, Maybe okay, just a little bit of a tangent, but okay. but not also not really. Um, it was my birthday, June 29th. Happy right? belated so birthday! Four days. 
Thank you. For for day four or five. I don't fucking know. Whatever math. Um, days ago from this. <laughs> I was gonna say this podcast um, is coming out at a later day, so it'll be it'll be even later. So let's just not worry about days. Let's not worry about math. Yeah, that's my whatever. Um, and I I have so birthdays have never really been a big thing for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I I never really had. I think my last birthday party was like when I was like eleven years old, and um, especially for the past couple of like I would say maybe five years, I have I've insistently, for example, like asked for nothing, for example, from any family member because you know times are tough, uh, financial situations can go up and down, right? So I've never really seen it as something special. My birthday has never really been celebrated as much as like my siblings have celebrated it. So it's never been. A big thing for me and this year even though i yeah, mental health doesn't care about like birthdays right so i just so happened to have a really bad day on oh, my boy. birthday which was so great like thank you <laughs> you know but um i i put a post on twitter and i like a couple of my friends were like you know you have no idea what we have in store for you and i was like oh, oh whatever no. <laughs> and i went to bed right and i woke up and oh my god oh my god i i had like i had like 90 or 80 comments on the twitter post and and i had like my dms like you know the discord scrolling bar right i legit had to like scroll down all the messages (laughs) just to get to my first server and then my server my discord server i had like legit i had like i had 30 pings i'm like what the hell is going on and it was it was like one of those moments where like I had to just like I remember just like I was in my bed and I'm like I have my phone in my hand and I'm just there like sat up in bed and I just started crying because oh. I'm not I'm not used to this at all like I'm, I I say this to people I will always say this to people I will never ever take everybody's kindness for granted I will never get to a point where I feel like I should expect it. I don't, I don't expect this. I told people, for example, for my birthday, I was like, you know, it's completely fine. You don't have to make a big deal. Like, it's okay. You know, this is just how it's been. Like, it's just another day. I'm just going to wake up to, like, I'm going to try to work as best as I can. I'm going to try to, you know, take one step forward, healing, all of that and and everything. And then this happened. Um, And yeah, um, I, it overwhelms me, you know, like even now when I first started, like I, I know my Twitter account says that I started, like I made a Twitter account like 2017, but I only really started posting maybe like a year ago, mm-hmm. like a year and a half ago. Right. And I've, I've gone from like, what, like 100 followers, like I'm, I'm close to a thousand, which is like, it boggles my goddamn mind, you yeah. know, uh, I, I can't even like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, and I've seen like my my posts like have like maybe like <laughs> like three likes on a good day, um, to getting consistently you know usually around the the fifties even like a, a dumb stupid doodle I'll do you know if my characters or whatever like and people like it and I'm still so like overwhelmed but I don't know how to like express <laughs> I don't know you know it, it, it's so. It's so big to me, and I'm sure that you know, bigger creators will be like 50. Psh, that's nothing. But it's like <laughs> to me, to me, 50 is more than I ever thought I would be able to get. You know, um, yeah. and it makes me happy because I get I get all of these comments. Um, like, so here's a big thing that I I, I will always say. Um, I don't believe that I have a fan base. I I don't think that I have a fan base. 
every single person who comments on my art, every single person who talks to me, who likes what I do, I don't consider them a fan, I consider them a friend. And because I consider all every single one of these people friends, I don't I don't really get this feeling that I have a following. Like you told me now, you said that like you have a big following and I'm here like I do. Like I don't I don't really see it like that. I don't think that I have a big following and and you know that that's okay to me. Like I don't I don't necessarily need like a big following. Right. I I'm just so happy that I mean, like to some extent like maybe it might be necessary to make money in this online age, but it's not something that I'm going to like I don't see my numbers ticking up as as well numbers ticking up. I see it as more people that I can talk to, more people that I can share my passions with, more people that I could potentially help, um, more people that I I'm excited to get to know. Like every single person that comes into my life in this journey, I'm excited to get to know them because I see them just as I explained with my story. I see them as another human with this rich background, this this you know so much unique perspective that they can share with me and and many laughs to be had and and you know art that we can create together stories that we create like i i just don't that's why i guess this question i'm i'm, I'm taking as usual i'm taking a long time to answer it because like i don't i don't think i have a fan base i don't think i have i don't think i have a following i think that over time, I've been able to to create a a small but mighty friend group that will protect, you know, each other, and that will that will open up the doors for literally anybody new who comes. You should see, you should see what my server does whenever there's a new person. You should see every single time there's a new person. You know, we get the we're I, like rallying the troops, like <laughs> we we spread love, we promote the person. I always like I always overwhelm every single person who comes into the server. I always overwhelm the shit out of them. I'm like everybody go follow. Like this is kind of what we do. You know. Um, I mean, you've invited me. I'm in the server. You realize that right? I'm a part of that. I know. <laughs> I'm aware of the the love that just expels from i wouldn't even go as far as say this is just a friend group this is basically just a family at this point just a family of artists and people that love each other i mean with with several amazing members of this family including former guests of the podcast and close friend to us archie grandpa or archie grand grand whatever they are going by at this point but archie grandpa like yeah. um which i will say if there is a person that i think is a big fan of you i think they are like the biggest fan of you because every time I would like try to talk about like, you know, Hey, you know, like doing the art or I'm sure you probably saw on, uh, the podcast they were on, like the fact that whenever yeah. I said if there was an artist, like you were the one that was singled out. Like it, it, again, if there's ever a fan out of this family, that is the biggest fan right there. And the biggest supporter of you more than anything else. As a matter of fact, I was going to say, I, I appreciate the fact that whenever I was asking them for merch ideas and such, they also recommended you to be a part of it, to help out with some of the amazing merch that I have and such. So yeah. <laughs> Picture off it on the screen now. Woo. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, it's behind your head. Yeah. That. That's oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I got I a poster for it. Okay. You did that. <laughs> there's, there, yeah, I, I was gonna say there's at least one person out there that has it on a lime green T-shirt because I've been seeing how the thing has been sold. Sold. So there are people wearing that design and stuff. Yeah, that, that's man, Grandpa. I cannot even explain. Um, Grandpa really found me, I, and I found them in a very difficult place, and they are they they still are in a difficult place. But um, 
I remember they were, you know, because of a lot of the stuff that they were struggling with, right, they were kind of... I'm not going to say that like, they were iffy, like, to, like... It's not that they didn't want to get to know new people, it's just that, like, they've gone through an unimaginable amount of hurt, right? right. And so I kind of... I, I kind of recognized that when we were first talking. I recognized that there was a lot of um, that they that they were holding themselves back. They didn't necessarily feel comfortable, and I knew that I couldn't take it personally, right? Because it wasn't it wasn't because of me. It was because like this person has been hurt so much. And you know what? I relate. I relate to it. Like I I've been I've been hurt a lot, and I struggle um, a lot still. It's like like when whenever anybody is like, wow, like. I like who you are as a person, or I like your stuff. I'm like, really? You know, <laughs> like pleading emoji. Like I, I'm like, what? Really? Um, and and so when I first met Grandpa, I saw, like, regardless again of the following that they had or the amount of people that they that they, you know, that that adored them. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't see, um, I didn't see their numbers. I didn't, I didn't see the the support of. Like, of course, obviously, I saw the amount that they supported people, but I, I saw them as themselves. And I figured, right. right, that somebody who does all of this supporting for somebody else or for other people, do they have anybody to support them? And at that time, they, they didn't, you know? Um, and that's, that's a big thing, um, I, I think. And it's, again, one of the main motives that I, I live by, um, going, going through a lot and seeing how important being supportive is. Um, I just think that grandpa and literally anybody you know deserves to have somebody who is who is there for them and and that's that was my my policy with with grandpa you know like they were struggling a little bit to get back into art and mm. all of that and i just i i i get it you know i've had i've had a lot of like situations in my life that have that has uh, severed my ability to do what i love the most whether it's a mental block or it's it's a physical block like my body is is giving up on me um and i i i never want anybody to kind of go through that and so it doesn't it literally doesn't matter what happens like you can you could have had like the worst past with me you can hate me you can you can despise my guts the way that i have as somebody who's made a lot of mistakes as somebody who's grown a lot as somebody who understands how important having even one person is mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're going through something and you need help it doesn't matter what we've been through it doesn't matter just come to me and 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 i will do my best i will try my best to help because it is since I was a kid, it was what I've always wanted, right? right. I, I always just wanted one person to help me. And unfortunately, you know, growing up in this kind of environment, it's very hard. Like a lot of a lot of the stuff that you go through is like isolation based and everything, right? And I never ever want anybody to have to face these problems alone. So as 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 far as, you know, if I find somebody or if somebody comes to me and they need help, I will do my best to, to help them, uh, you know, anything that's within my power and my capabilities at that moment. And I guess grandpa had never had the love that they share with people shared right. back to them um and that's why you say like you know grandpa's a fan of me and for me i just consider grandpa like a really good friend and i i would do this i'm sure some of my friends will be there like yeah we can we can we can attest i will do this for any friends i will um because friends are so precious again i will say this five thousand times because i think that having this like perfect vision of somebody is like you know nobody's perfect everybody screws up as as a like i would say between the ages of like what like 14 and i would say maybe 20 like i'm 23 now man i fucked up like i 
I was, I, I've, I've made so many mistakes. You're like laughing because you're like, damn, she's honest. But like, I've, I've messed up, you know? And it's those mistakes that I've made that have helped me grow. And I'm not saying that like my mistakes were like so terrible that it goes. And again, yes, granted, there, like, I, I, I do feel like when it does come to like these kinds of mistakes, people do need to realize sometimes when somebody um, is raised in a not great, surrounding and everything when they're suddenly thrust into this world where there are more healthy kind of boundaries it can be it was definitely a culture shock for me like growing up the way that i did and then getting onto the internet and i was like what the hell um it's definitely a culture shock and everything and i think that it's important but it's also important to be like no i'm taking responsibility i know i did things wrong i know i did a lot of things wrong i had a lot of problems that i did not solve and it doesn't it doesn't matter if i was 14 doesn't matter if i was 20. the thing is that i i sat down i've accepted it and now we're i'm I'm moving on in in a better place and a lot of people that i've met grandpa included a lot of my friends they they also have been through this period where they're like i used to be you know i used to be this really really bad person and this and that and i want to make atones or i don't know how to move forward from this and this and and that's one of the main things that I, I try to help people with is accepting that like you are not perfect you will never be perfect you're going to make mistakes you're probably gonna hurt somebody you're probably gonna hurt yourself you know just you once you accept that you've done something like this and you start to move on and you start to make amends for it even just by helping yourself get to a, a better place like it is so like painful but it, it, it is you know, it, it's it, it, it's something that we're going to carry with us um, even after we've gotten better. Right. Yeah. But it's also something that we can't like consume us. Right. So why I'm talking about all of this is because that's one of the main things that I do. I, I try to help people with. It's one of the main things that I will talk to people about this idea that mistakes are human. Yeah. And um, that's also why, like, I'm OK. I have no idea how we got here, but unpopular opinion number 78. Um Cancel culture. Yeah. Ah. Oh, God. Um, I understand why it started. And I think that with all intents and purposes, it did have a good, um, a good, what's, what's the word for it? Um, like intention it, it, behind it, it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that at this point, we hold content creators and artists and ever to such this, like such a high standard that it's, it's, I mean, I'm scared. I'm scared of doing anything wrong, right? Like, I'm, I'm scared of putting up, like, okay, this is a funny story. I had somebody who, I talked about this before on, on another, like, interview, but I had somebody who um, accused me, <laughs> accused me of, of, um, mocking Middle Eastern features with Yuna's design. Huh? And they tried to cancel me. And here's the funny thing. <laughs> this is when I was streaming, right? This is when I was streaming. And I don't have face cam on. I don't really like my face, as you probably can tell. Um, but this person was like, you know, like, I don't know how you've gotten this far. This racist, this and that. And I'm guessing it's because, like, I sound white as hell. <laughs> like, I've been told I sound like a valley girl. It's like, yeah, I guess I do, you know. But, like, nah, I'm Middle Eastern, you know. Even that, like, people will find things to rip you down about. And and I'm I'm sure, you know, somebody's somebody might 
find out some things I, I, you know, I thought or some things that I was, I was, I did when I was younger or anything. And they might think that I am inherently, you know, a disgusting, terrible person for it. And it's like, if that's what they think, like that is their prerogative, like that's their prerogative, you know, but to do something like that and to hold, like to, to want to ruin somebody's life because of these things, it, it, it's taking away one of the most important values, I think, um, in the entirety of the world. And, and that is the only thing that is constant is change. Yeah. And that is the same with human beings. We will always grow. We will always move. We will always have our, like, we will always change. Like, even, even if it's like, if you don't like ex- put yourself out there and like intentionally try to, like your brains, they, 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 they grow. Brain plasticity is a thing. Brain chemistry is a thing. Everybody changes. And I think that, you know, there's what, it's one thing to hold somebody accountable for the mistakes that they've done in the past if they are clearly not willing to move forward and, and change. They don't want to accept responsibility and they're going to repeat those mistakes and keep hurting somebody. That's one thing. But it's another thing to, like harm or, or like to to not recognize that somebody has changed and and to you know cancel them as you will um because of the mistakes that they've made and thus like kind of freezing them in this singular moment in this one snapshot of who they used to be yeah. on the internet and that's a scary thing you know because like the internet is forever and all of your mistakes are forever and if somebody tries hard enough they can go and they can look for it right all of this that I'm talking about, right? Um, th- this is something that I will tell all my friends. I get I get a surprising amount of, of people who come to me and who ask me this and, and you know, who want to, like, guidance. And I'm saying it here because I, I said it to Grandpa. I said it to my friends. I, I've said it when I'm streaming. I've said it in my streams. I'll, I'll say it on Twitter. Um, when I want to help people, it's not exclusive to any kind of person if somebody comes to me and they need help i will help them to the best of my ability right um and that whole rambling reason is why um so yeah it, it, this this whole kind of essay of, of a response was was essentially to say like i'm so grateful that grandpa sees so much in me mm-hmm. that grandpa likes my art and wants to like you know introduce me to other people. Oh yeah. I don't think personally I have done anything more than what a friend should do or what a, a human being should do, right? I don't think you need to be a friend to somebody to be decent to them, right? So that's one of the, I will always hold myself by that standard. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to add this and then I'll move on. I'm going to say when it comes to like being a friend, being a human being more than anything else, that's something that I personally try to live by. And I know that out there, especially on the internet, on Twitter and such, it's very hard to find genuine people it's not that they're not out there they're certainly out there but like there's sometimes to where like you know it, it's hard to find someone that is so i guess pure and genuine with just how they carry themselves no matter how they do carry themselves you know honesty, yeah. honesty warrants honesty and when you with you being your most honest self 100 percent of the time whenever you're out there presenting these amazing things like it we can't help but want to like warrant that a little bit more with the people that are out there that more people should recognize just how much of an amazing genuine and talented person that you are with your art um that, thank you that is that's, just me personal. that's so sweet of you thank you that is that is very nice um and you know what 
one of the things that I've been trying to work on is, is accepting compliments. So I go. will try my best not to not to explode into a, a, a flurry of fluster and fire. And my cheeks are a little red, but like, you know. <laughs> oh, you think um, they're red now? Wait till the end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Uh, what are you doing? What have you done? Well, with, with, with every single guest, I make sure to shower them with more praises. But that's that's later. That's later. Okay. That for now, for now, I'm sorry to kind of do this, but I'm gonna bring down the tone just a little bit because one thing I did want to talk about is you talk about you know the the stuff that you dealt with in the past, the the mental health yeah. that you personally struggle with and such. Um, you also it, it, you can divulge more into this if you want, but you, as you've described to me, you have basically an incurable disease that you're also dealing with as well. With all the and, and yes. the way you've been raised, the culture that you're around, with all these things that are basically just going against you, and all these things that are essentially just trying to like bury you figuratively and literally how, how how do these experiences more or less shape how you go forth with art with the community and with life in general right so um i think before i i get into how i continue i should i should open up a little bit about the things that i have struggled with right so Mm -hmm. i think it's kind of obvious to to say like i did not have i did not have a great childhood as we've mentioned before right so a lot of a lot of bad stuff in in the family and in my school just in there was there was no winning with that right? right um in terms of my mental illness, um, I have I have a slew of things, right? Um, I have reasons to be genetically dispositioned towards um, a lot of mental illness. Um, one thing that is unfortunate in uh, the part of the world that my family comes from, right, is that they are... Um, they have gone through a lot of war. So as I put on my profile, um, my I, I am Palestinian Lebanese, right? Originally Palestinian, migrated to Lebanese uh, to, to Lebanese to Lebanon um, during um, during the well, you know, occupation and a lot of stuff. I'm not going to get into it because that might be controversial. But um, my my family um, my family line has always been um, kind of <laughs> fucked up, like really fucked up. Um, and, and one thing that um, is also kind of prevalent is like, and this this might again this might be uh, controversial, but I'm just going to be really I'm going to be blunt with it, right? W- one thing that is unfortunately common when it comes to having like this kind of um, place is that there is a lot of um, there is a lot of incest, right? A lot of it, um, and it's it's unfortunately quite common. Um, it, it's quite common to have like cousins, marriage cousins, etc. Right, and so what ends up happening is your genes are fucked. My genes are fucked, right? So before I get into what I'm talking about and all the things that I have, like it's a lot. I'm not going to say that it's not a lot, but like I, I am handicapped, right? And I, I think it's important to give a little bit of reasoning why. So, right, the things that my the the, the mental health. Uh, struggles that I have, all diagnosed, by the way. Um, please, please get diagnosed. Just as a, as a small little disclaimer, please, uh, if you can get diagnosed and all of that, because uh, I know it's not something that everybody's able to, uh, to get. But I have um, almost every single goddamn anxiety disorder under the book. <laughs> um, I have 
yeah, I have I have OCD, which in my opinion is is my most severe disorder. Okay. Um, I have a generalized anxiety disorder, post traumatic stress disorder, complex because uh, that that's there's actually subtypes, but I have complex post traumatic stress, uh, stress disorder. Okay. Um, I have uh, specific phobias um, and uh, panic disorder, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, again, this is all diagnosed. It's important to say this because I know it's a lot. But right. um, and then I have. Um, Melancholic depression, which is a subtype of depression, and I have borderline personality disorder. Okay. So, a lot of the stuff that I just mentioned um, is very stigmatized or is like not understood. I would say the worst is definitely OCD and borderline personality disorder, right? And these two illnesses that I've gone through, oh my god, they hurt. They hurt like hell. I can't even explain, right? Um, I I can get into it a little bit, but um, I won't I won't spend too long on it. Um, the the thing with OCD that in my experience of it, right? Um, there's a lot of subtypes of disorders, and so I, I'll try to. I'm, I know way too much about this stuff. I should say so. Well, um, I mean, as, as someone that is dealing with the stuff, I imagine you'd like to know what exactly you you have to deal with. So if you need to thank go off, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So um, uh, one thing about OCD that not many people actually know is that there is a subtype of OCD called pure obsessional OCD. Um, and that it, it's, it's also called puro. But um, essentially what that means is um, so the, the normal part of like the normal the normal type of OCD is when somebody has obsessive um, intrusive thoughts that cause them an extreme amount of anxiety and because of those thoughts, they will have compulsions relating to that anxiety that they have to do in order to lessen it, right? So a lot of people like completely misrepresent it and they make it like, you know, you have to have like the straight or you have to have clean. You have to have, it has nothing to do with cleanliness. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with a fear for your life. It is, it is extremely painful. This is a normal type, right? So people who might struggle with, with um, OCD revolving around cleanliness, right? The, the the way that it is is it's not that they have to be clean because of the it's that they feel like if they don't wash their hands this amount of time or if they if if they make contact with something or if they're not wearing gloves they they will contract a disease they will contract an illness that can eventually kill them oh. and it is constant it is it is it is always there on your mind you constantly see danger that's why OCD is so terrible so that you can apply this to to anything right. And that, that's one like that, that's one type of OCD. Like you can have the, there's OCD that revolves around like, um, for example, locking the doors. Right? Think about it like this: like if, if somebody like not OCD that revolves around specifically locking the doors, but like if, one of the compulsions that people will, will see like that that is recognizable is is somebody who um, who will lock the doors like a certain amount of time. And it might seem weird to somebody, but think of it like this: the way that their brain might be working is that their 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 mind is not letting them rest. They're constantly being told somebody's going to break into my house and steal all of my stuff, and I'm going to lose everything, and this and that, and it just doesn't stop. So OCD in general, no matter what the subtype is or what the type is, it revolves around. Um, your brain being unable to control panic. You have, and I mean this literally, you have no control over your thoughts, like at all. Okay. There is no such thing as think of something else or direct your thoughts elsewhere. Your your brain makes connections to the thing that you fear the most. It, it, it is a disorder that works against you. So keeping that in mind, 
um, pure obsessional OCD, your compulsions are in your head. And that makes it extreme, that makes it very dangerous. And the reason why that makes it very dangerous is because um, when it comes to, uh, number one, it's, it's a lot more as we call silent, right? Mm-hmm. It is not very clear. Um, you're not doing compulsions that people can see. And so it's a lot harder for somebody to be like, this is not normal, or like, I, ha- I hate the word normal, but you know what I mean? Like this is this, you know, they're doing this, or like something is not right. It's a lot harder for somebody to, to, to see that. Um, and so there's that. And number two, when your compulsions are obsessions, right, you end up kind of tricking your brain into getting worse. And by that, I mean anxiety in itself is what I like to call, um, it's called a, a positive feedback loop or a positive feedback chain, right? Which is essentially, you feel, you feel anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Because you feel anxiety, you're anxious. Because you're anxious, what ends up happening is that there's, there's a concept that is, I mean, it's not a concept, it's just biology, um, called brain plasticity, right? The more that you feel something or the more that you experience something, your brain will literally change its actual structure, its actual chemistry to make the thing that you were, ac- like that you were feeling easier to access, okay. right? So, f- for example, um, there, there's a study, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, like claim exactly what it is. I'm sure if you do a little bit of research, you can find it. Of uh, about um, taxi drivers, right? Mm-hmm. Taxi drivers who, um, you know, they have to spend their entire life going down path roads, knowing how, you know, which direction is this, which direction is that, et cetera, et cetera. Because they do it so often, there is a literal change in their brain that makes it so that accessing the information about these about the directions or about these roads is a lot easier for them. Their brain has literally adjusted in order to make their memory about this kind of stuff greater. Think of like, for example, uh, muscle memory, right? Mm-hmm. Or somebody can play like a song on piano without looking at the keys. It's like that, that is another kind of facet of it, right? This, <laughs> unfortunately, um, also works with anxiety. And so uh, the more that you feel anxiety, the easier it will be to feel anxiety. And the easier that it is to feel anxiety, the worse the anxiety gets, okay. right? So if you are in a very vicious OCD loop where it doesn't stop, and I, I mean this 24-7, it does not stop. It never stops, right? Um, like, you just don't get a break, right? And you don't know, like... It, the, the, so the thing, the thing with OCD is that OCD takes something that is real. It takes something that is your biggest fear. Like think of your biggest fear in the entire world and then it, it latches onto it and it convinces you that this big fear that you're terrified of is going to haunt you at every single moment, right? And so the worst thing about, about OCD, um, especially about like my, sub, like my type of OCD, right? It is so painfully convincing, it is so convincing. It will literally warp your reality. Somebody else can be like, you know, something that I'm panicking about, right? Um, or like a, a fixation that I have. Um, I can panic about something and I can be like so overwhelmed by it. And then somebody will be like, that's not logical, Sabrina, that's not logical, et cetera, all of that. The thing is, to me, to my brain it is, right? And that's the danger because OCD completely warps your sense of reality, right? right. And so... You need to have you need to have this um that that's why honestly like recovering from something and just dealing with this is so it, it's hard you know um I, the longest ocd attack i've ever been in which i mean it's like when i say attack i mean it's 24 7 it's it's bad lasted for um lasted for around four years 
and forced me to drop out of college. Completely oh. derailed my life, 100% derailed my life. Oh, and it was, it was brutal. It was really brutal. Yep. And um, did I know what I was going through? No, it took me around two and a half years to finally get diagnosed with OCD. And, and the thing is, is that with the pattern that I, was, that I was like showing, I most likely had OCD even when I was younger, right? When I was much younger. So it just took me, it took me two and a half years of showing very prevalent symptoms to get diagnosed with it because pure obsession OCD and because OCD in general is just so misunderstood, right? Um, so to connect the OCD back with, uh, oh, I, sh- I should say real fast, your camera isn't working. Is it not? Oh, it's working on my end. I'll, I'll hold a minute. Okay, no worries. Okay. Um, so to connect back to um, what that has taught me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with OCD, really, <laughs> it, it does a thing that I like to call, uh, that not like that I like to call, but it, it, makes, it basically forces you to make your life as efficient as possible. Um, if, if, if you severely panic about everything, or about like something, it's like you constantly reminded of your pet. You have to force yourself to be as efficient with problems as possible. If something is a, is an issue, if you have, if you, if there is a problem with your with your professional life or with your friends, you are so exhausted having to deal with everything that you already deal with just by waking up that you have to confront these issues and you need to deal with it, right? right. So because of that, I'm I'm known as being. I'm not going to say that confrontational, like in a bad way. But like, if I have an issue with somebody, I will approach them and I will be very honest with them. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. like. I don't. I don't think that being honest allows you to like insult anybody. Like, I think that there's a difference between honesty and bluntness, right? Right. right. Um, um, but if I do have an issue with somebody or if whatever, I will. I will go and I will. I will talk to them and I will. I will handle it. If I have an issue with. Um, I don't know, let's say something with my health. I will I will find out about it and I will handle it. Like and, and so like that's definitely one thing that's changed. Um like that that my OCD has has kind of done to me. Another thing that's done to me is it's given me insight to what panic is. So, okay. It's going to sound a little bit weird, right? But when you're always panicked, like when you're always like um the, the, the type of OCD that I that I go through, like my level of panic is like it's very unnatural. Okay. Um, I, I was institutionalized when I was in when I was in America, when I was in college. I was institutionalized, not just because of the severity of what I was going through and and the um, un, unfortunately, I'm gonna say trigger warning to, to anybody. Unfortunately, going through something like that, it is it is torture. It, like there's no other way to put it. Like I've been through a lot, nothing compares to OCD, right? Um, I I you know, there's been like some, I'll just be blunt with it. There's been some suicidal ideation, um, and, and there, like I was 18, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I was also hospitalized. I was also put, I was put in a, in a mental health facility because of the physical damage that the panic did to me. I, I would throw up. I, I, I like lost like neural control. Like I, I, I lost control over my hands and I was, I like, I lost motor control. Um, I would, I was getting sick. Like, as we mentioned before, I, I have an illness, I have an autoimmune disorder, right? So I was getting very, very sick every, like very constantly, right? And once I healed from it, I would like get sick in like two days maximum, right? My, it, it, it was fucking you up, right? Like anxiety yeah. really does kill the body. Panic kills the body, right? Um, and so you, you kind of go through all of this 
and you're always going through panic and you're always fearing and your reality is kind of just twisting, it really does change the way that you perceive what panic is. It changes the way that you perceive emotions, right? And that's also because I, I also have borderline personality disorder. That was mainly a result of like my upbringing, mainly there. Right. Um, with all of this kind of put together, I have never really felt what I logically should be feeling, right? Okay. My emotions have never been aligned with reality or with, um, I don't want to say with reality because like, again, to my body it's reality, but like, like to my mind it's reality, but yeah. Um, and because of that, um, I have almost, except when I'm like super overwhelmed <laughs> by the panic, because everybody, everybody has to be weak, right? Um, for the most part, despite all of the fear that I that I feel that I have to go through, unfortunately, on a daily basis, I am able to usually figure out a solution to whatever dilemma I'm dealing with very, very logically. And the reason why is because when you breathe panic, when you live panic, when you eat it, when you see it, it when you, you hear it, when panic is... It consumes you, yes, but when you get out of the... Like, when you get out of the worst of it... Panic doesn't phase you because it's just how it is, right? Okay. So if I'm always scared of something, then what's the difference between me facing this and me not facing it, right? I'm still going to be scared of it. So I might as well face it because it's the more healthy thing to do mm -hmm. than run away from it, right? So right. that's, that's kind of... Um, <coughs> excuse me, I need a cough. You're <laughs> speaking, <coughs> speaking of physical illnesses... <coughs> So that's how that has definitely changed me. Um, I, I would say the borderline definitely um, <coughs> falls into that mm -hmm. as well. In terms of, it just made me a lot more aware of myself and aware of the things that I can do to people. Um, and um, I've, uh, <coughs> I'm so sorry. You're fine, you're this fine. just happens. You're fine. <coughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's definitely how it's changed me um, in terms of like my mental illness. Now, in, in terms of the physical illness, so a bunch of stuff that I have, I'm going to try to summarize it as usual. Um, I have a condition called situs inversus. Um, it, to go into more detail, it's, it's um, <coughs> situs inversus totalis with dextrocardia. Um, a lot of big fancy words, but essentially what that means is that my heart is on the right side. And in fact, all of my organs are reversed, right? Oh. Um, yeah, so I'm, I am essentially a mirror view of, of a person. Like, if I was normal, <coughs> um, if, I was, if I was, like, a proper human, right, I, I would be facing, like, the other way, essentially, <laughs> is what it is, right? So um, <coughs> that in itself doesn't really do much except for, like, some people sometimes have, like, weaker hearts, which I do. I do, I do have a weaker heart, but, like, it's not like that. You know, it's not that big. Mm. Unfortunately, when you have this condition, um, there is around like a 15 to 25 percent chance that you also um, <coughs> that you also have a condition called uh, Cartagena's uh, syndrome, otherwise known as the Cartagena triad, right? And, and um, so, what that condition is is, I mean, it's not a condition; it's a it's a collective amount of conditions. But basically, the worst of it is um, it, it, you're Okay. So um, everybody in their body has something called cilia. Okay. Cilia are like tiny hairs 
that line a lot of the body, line the nose, lungs, throat, ears, like even on cells that lines it for for men. Like okay, maybe just like a little, <laughs> but like for for men, like sperm, like the the tail that helps them move. Um, that's cilia, right? So cilia is all over the body. And um, with my condition, I don't have them. I, I don't have functioning cilia. So why that's bad is because one of the main purposes of cilia is, well, okay, so do you know when, like, you're sick and you have, like, a runny nose and you're coughing and everything? Like, you can hear me coughing, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so <clears throat> what cilia does essentially is um, mucus is um, kind of like a defense mechanism for your body. It's basically, it, it's the perfect little Petri dish for... Uh, for germs, for bacteria, for microbes of all sorts to go in and fester and grow there. Mm -hmm. So it gets attracted to the mucus and then the cilia filters it out, right? It filters out the mucus from your lungs, from your nose, from everything, right? Um, when you don't have cilia, unfortunately, um, bacteria and microbes and, and, and you know all of that have this perfect kind of area to grow, to get really bad, to cause really bad infections without cilia to filter it out of the body, right? Okay. So what that means is that all of those bad germs, all of that mucus stays on my lungs, it stays on my throat, and my my like my ears will get like and and I get infections extremely easy. I'm not talking about like hepatitis, pneumonia, like really really bad things, right? So ever since I was young, like even when I was young, I was born as like what we consider like a blue baby because I wasn't really able to breathe that much. So like my skin was blue and I had to stay in, in the incubator for like, I believe nine weeks because yeah. So I, I was, I was a very sick kid and I obviously I'm a very sick adult, right? Um, so the reason why this condition is kind of harmful, like it's, the, this is not the only thing I have as well. I also have asthma, which yeah. Um, and as much before, right my heart's new. Yeah, and my heart's a little weak and, and all of that. Um, and you can you can get, um, like, when you have the condition, you can also have, like, syncinitis and syncinitis. Your nose, it, like, your sinuses are fucked up, essentially. Oh, yeah. um, and, and all of that. Um, the reason why this condition, obviously, is, is a little dangerous, right, is because, um, number one, I mean, the infections themselves can be pretty dangerous. Mm -hmm. But um, beyond that, even if you heal... <clears throat> from every single infection that you have. Um, let's say I got a lung infection. I get a lot of lung infections, which I do, right? Every single lung infection that I get scars my lungs. It scars the, the bronchi. It scars it. And, and what happens when, you, when your bronchi gets scarred, when the lung passages get scarred, right, is they become looser. And they become like, you know, they don't, they don't work as they're supposed to do. Um, and with the lungs, that means air does not travel through the lungs properly. Um, and so the more that you get sick, the worse shape your lungs get. And a lot of people who have my condition eventually have to get lung transplants, for example, right? Right. And everything, right, is um, I don't, I, I can't smell. I have no sense of smell. Really? Um, I, I don't have a sense of ta uh, smell, and I, I, I just barely have a sense of taste because smell is kind of correlated with that, right? Okay. And why is that? Because my, my nose is scarred. My nose is extremely scarred, right? Right. Um, you can hear like the rasp in my voice, for example. Like I have a small little rasp. Like part of that is actually one from a surgery that went wrong. I've had a lot of surgeries, obviously, but it's also because again my throat's scarred, um, and my hearing, for example, I'm 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 going deaf, right? And and I, I most likely will be deaf probably by the age of like I don't know, like 35 was the estimate. So um, your your body gets 
broken down over time. And that is why it's it's considered dangerous, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily because you like there is a guaranteed like time where you can, you know, you're going to get an infection that kills you. No, 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 it's not that. It's that your body gets weaker, right? So right. people who have this condition usually go through something called a Cinderella period where um, around usually around the age of like 19 to 21, it wears off. Right. Um, but the Cinderella period is when you're growing up, for the most part, your condition isn't really that prevalent. Right. Or you can you can grow up, you can be kind of normal or, you know, you can live a, a somewhat normal life. And part of the reason why is because despite, you know, regardless of the constant infections and everything, right, the damage hasn't really been set yet. Right. Your, your body, your lungs are still relatively new. Your ears are still relatively new. Nose, right. et cetera, all of that. Right. Um, and then once you pass the Cinderella period, that's when usually you start to feel it. And trust me, I am feeling it. And um, <clears throat> like this coughing fit that I had, right? Obviously, I'm trying to hold it back, but like that, that's daily, you know? Um, I, I don't know, like more than daily, it's hourly, right? Um, I, I, I don't know what it's like, for example, to breathe without being in pain. That's just kind of how it is, right? Like my lungs are always hurting. I, I always feel like my breath is being constricted. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's just life and and since i was young you know i've always kind of had this like i was always okay a little bit of a fun kind of little thing right um like one thing that i remember because obviously i I basically lived in hospitals when i was younger right Right. one thing that i loved doing right and sometimes like my mother would would play along is we wouldn't tell whenever i'd have to get like a ct scan or like an x-ray or whatever we would never we wouldn't tell the doctors that i had my condition right and so (laughs) So they get the x-ray. It's so funny because, like, you know, you can see them inspect the x-ray in, like, the other room, right? Because, like, it's see-through, you know? So you'd see them get the x-ray. And then, I swear to God, the way that their faces would be like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Everything is flipped. Everything is flipped, right? So they're like, did did we put it in wrong? Can can you mess up the x-ray? Like, I can't tell you how many times, like, they would come out and they'd be like, ma'am, ma'am, we're so sorry, but I think we're going to have to take it again. Uh, I th- I think we've put the X-ray in wrong, and then like I would always be like, oh 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 okay yeah no worries <laughs> Dude, the same exact thing. I think I just found um, my Twitter teaser. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And so that's like that's a funny thing. I did that. I've done that to so many people. I've done it, like I I know it's like I know it's like Sam. You don't want to. You shouldn't scare the people like that. But it's just it's so. It's like that, like one little moment of like joy that I can have with this condition, and and I also did it when I was um, when I was uh, institutionalized in in Chicago, which is where I went to um, for for college and everything. When I was put in the in the uh, the mental health uh, facility, um, I had a health scare because of course I had a health scare because I always have health scares, right? And so you know we had to do everything, and I was talking up with like the people who were like they for some reason they like required you to be in a wheelchair but um so they were like wheelchairing me down to the to the um place and um the same thing and and i did the same thing and uh, obviously like the people who are wheeling me down are are, are nurses and so they're with us for quite a bit because i was i was in the i was in the ward for around like 18 days for right. in, in america that's quite a bit yeah. you know because like mo- most people will usually be in there for like two days right um, I actually had to leave because my insurance didn't cover it. And so it right. wasn't that I was ready to go. It's money, you know. But, um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, and 
I freaked out the doctors so hard because I told them, I told the, the the nurses that were wheeling me there. I was like, you guys aren't gonna believe this. You guys are, you guys are gonna, you're in for a treat. And they were like, what? <laughs> so I I freaked out the doctors so hard. My nurses were losing their minds, and for the entirety. Through the entirety of my stay in the world, no, like they never stopped talking about it. Um, you know, it's it's like those little things. Like, you, so to to tie into everything, like the reason why you asked the question, why I'm going into this, right? The way that I deal with it is the fact that I don't know any other way, right? And if I think, if I think about it, if I sit down, I think about. What if I was, let's say, what if I was born into a better family? Or what if I was born into this? Or what if I was born with better health? What if I didn't have this really bad disease? Or what if I, you know, what if I didn't have a disposition towards mental illness like this? Or, you know, what if I wasn't handicapped? What if I could just live my life with the opportunities that everybody else had? If I think like this, and trust me, I've dealt with it a lot. I've dealt with a lot of what ifs. I am putting myself in a very dangerous position right. where I can spiral. I, I, you, can, you can be consumed by envy, by, by like hatred, by like, because to put it bluntly, life is unfair, you know? Life is unfair. The, the, the background that my father, you know, came from, like my father is a war veteran, right? And the same with my mother and like what they've been through, like that's unfair. It's unfair that they, just so happened to be born in a place that was ravaged with war. It's unfortunate and it's unfair that they were refugees. It's unfair that my father had to flee the country. He had to flee Lebanon when he was 14, went to America, didn't speak a lick of English, right? And, and somehow built himself. And because of that, it's, it's unfair that I was then born into a family with extreme great instability. Mm-hmm. But that's life. And the more that I think about it, the more that I'm... I'm, I'm almost condemning myself into a very toxic cycle of, like, seeing people and being envious of what they have. It's like, I can, I can be envious. For example, I can be envious of you. I can be envious of you because you breathe, yeah. right? Because you breathe and you're not coughing, right? But, like, what would that do? What would that accomplish? And and I'm, I'm not going to say, like, I, I feel like sometimes it's kind of hard, like... I don't know, like, it's this fine line to, to be all like, oh, there goes my headphones. To say, like, there's good in every situation, I think that you should, like, some people need to be a little bit careful about that because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of times when somebody says that, it, it's definitely coming from somebody who doesn't have experience dealing with these kinds of things. Right. And I know that they mean well, so you should be careful. But I do think that to some extent, no matter how unfair life is, like, we have one life, and I have... I mean, I, I, I have one choice. Or, no, I have two choices, and that is to, you know, excuse me, to, to stop living and to just keep on. You know what I mean? And obviously, I'm, I'm going to try my best to just keep on. Like, I'm, I, I don't want to, like, you know, put it, like, put down anybody who might, who might feel compelled to choose the other option because, trust me, I've been there. I know that. But it's, like, I almost have this, like, defiant streak in me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you can throw whatever you want. You can throw my health issues. <laughs> you can throw, <laughs> um, sorry, uh, you can throw, no, bad experiences, bad friend groups, trauma, this and this and that. But this is still my life, and I owe it to myself. I owe it to any potential, potential happiness that I could feel, right? Mm-hmm. To try my hardest to 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 fight. Um, 
and that's essentially what has gotten me through it. Like, there is no magic pill. There is no, like, you know, a lot of people when they, uh, you can, you can hear it now, like this, this just happens if, you know, my condition just gets worse. And oftentimes I have to like go take like some kind of treatment, but that's just kind of uh, how it is. Um, but yeah, like I, I'll get people who be like, how do you do this? Like this, um, you know, I would never be able to do this. I would, uh, when, if anybody calls me strong, like number one, I, I definitely appreciate that because it is something that I have, I have gotten. And I, I definitely wish, no, I don't want people to think that I don't, yeah. but it's also kind of like, what choice did I have? You know, I'm standing here or well, sitting here yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm talking with you. Obviously I've had to make it through everything that I've been through. Right. To be strong means that you had an option to get through this kind of stuff the easy way. There is no easy way when it comes to this kind of stuff. I mean, okay, like, I'm sure there like, are ways that, you know, where you could not, like, kind of keep yourself in check and, you know, do onto others what was, do what was done onto you, which is unfortunately something I see a lot, like, where people will go through a lot of hard stuff, and so because of that, they will feel justified in, in hurting others. But, like, no, like, I... I would never, I would never be comfortable with that. Never be okay with doing that. And and those are my morals. And because those are my morals, there was really only one way to go, and and that is forward. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and so my my way of dealing with all of it is, I'm just like any other person. Granted, with a lot more issues. Um, granted, with things that weigh me down. Maybe I'm not as productive. Maybe I'm not as as you know. I don't sound as, uh, like, I don't sound like people do. I don't do, but I have my dreams and I have my aspirations and I have things that I, I, I want to do. And, and that makes me just as human as anybody else. And, you know, when I'm talking here with you, before we even got to this topic, did I, for example, did I mention the fact that I'm going deaf once? No. <laughs> Did I mention the fact that I can't smell? Did I mention the fact that like my my lungs are gonna fail soon? Like that I, I, I didn't because that's not who I am. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean I'm not taking my condition seriously, but yeah. I'm managing it. I'm 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 doing what's called preventative care, which is trying to manage it the best that you can. Which is kind of difficult when you have a really bad anxiety disorder, I should say, because guess what? Guess, guess what? Take, take a hoot. You want to know how great this combination is? This, this cocktail is? <laughs> anxiety. Anxiety fucks your immune system up. Yeah. Whee! So I get sick very often. I get sick super often. I'm sorry um, to hear it's that. Unfortunate. It's okay. Like you, can, you can hear what I'm talking about. I'm kind of just like, I will literally wake up and my friends would be like, how are you feeling? I'm like, my fucking lungs. And like my... <laughs> Again, I'm like, yeah, like it, it's just life, you know. It's just, yeah. it's just how it is. Um, but on to to end this topic, I'll I'll leave you with a little thing that maybe might make your your heart feel a little bit warm. <laughs> uh, here's one good thing about my condition, right? That I will I will always say, um, when I hug somebody, our hearts touch. Aww, yep. that's sweet. See? That's a sweet thought. It's 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 those little things that kind of just keep you going. So yeah. I mean, come on, who else is going to have a girlfriend who could say something? You know, like, who else is going to be like, hey, guys, hey, guys, guess what? You all, you all think you're intimate with your girlfriend? Nah, man, I, I, <laughs> I, I hug my girlfriend. Her heart's beat against me. Like, <laughs> you know, like, they don't, have to, they don't have to mention, like, the potential, like, mountain of, like, medical bills and everything. Whatever, fuck that, you know? Like, <laughs> our heart's such, you know what I mean? Like, 
you got it. Sometimes you just like, I don't want to be like, you have to see the positive because like, I feel like sometimes that can, that can take away from the, the, the gravity of the negative. Right. But sometimes the positive is literally all you, you have to keep going. Like I'm a lot of the things that I've, I've been through, I never, I, I didn't keep going because I was feeling something good in the moment. Trust me. <laughs> no way. But I, I kept going because I knew that I could potentially feel something good in the future. And that's why I do. Like, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm still here. Um, because, yeah, going, going through all of this, I've, I just want to help people who might be in a similar situation. Because, like, I, I grew up alone thing with all of this. Like, doesn't mean that other people need to. If, if I have, maybe if I can get out there, if I can draw, I can be decently well-known or, or whatever. People can see, <coughs> excuse me, um, people can see no matter what, um, like maybe if they have like a similar thing with me where they struggle with a lot of mental and physical illnesses or, uh, or they've been through some hard stuff when they're growing up, like maybe they can see that it, it is possible for somebody like them to still make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big thing for me. That's, that's what I want to do. Um, I know it all comes down to like helping people, but like, when you when you when you go through a lot like you get it you know you get pain and like i don't know i, I don't think it's like that far fetched to like say that like because i understand pain i want to make sure that nobody has to go through it or like i i mean everybody goes through pain but you know nobody has to go through pain like unjustly right so right yeah. right i mean it if nothing else, like I will say, like just you know, hearing your story and such, like I I understand where you're coming from. It's one of those at the end of the day, like you know, when it comes to how you struggle with this kind of stuff or how you deal with this kind of stuff, like you're still a human at the end of the day. You still have to live, and so it's one of those you take it. I won't say you look at the pauses, but you at least take this stuff in strides. It's it's something that you understand, and something that you know if if you're going to enjoy the best life out there and be the happy person that you want to be, you'll deal with it as best as you can. Am I, am I right in assuming that? Or yeah. Am I... yeah. I mean, like you kind of, as I mentioned before, you kind of like, you, you have to like, <laughs> I sure. Yes. I'm somebody who like struggles with health issues, but I'm also somebody who uh, loves art, yeah. who loves stories, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying like, because it, it sounds a little like it's a little weird because like you know i don't want to make it seem like i'm completely okay with it. no i'm i'm i i go through a lot essentially is what i'm trying to say like right. I, I don't want to i, I don't want to like paint this narrative that like i am not affected by the things that i go through because of course i'm affected and and i think that there is power in admitting that life is a struggle for me yeah. but life doesn't like it it, it it it's a struggle yeah don't don't get me wrong but it can get better you know yeah. it could get better i could i could get into a better place i could i could be in a better place like you just have to i don't want to say like i don't want to say like you just have to like believe in the process but like I'm I'm doing what I can right now to to manage my physical conditions mm-hmm. and uh, to to recover or like deal with like my my mental conditions. For anybody who doesn't know, like for example, I've had to take like a break from streaming again because unfortunately my my OCD and it's it's been there. It's been for like a good like three months now. So mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of how it is. Um, nothing compared to four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, 
uh, yeah, just a little bit, you know, just like, but, uh, it's life. And, mm-hmm. and I recognize like I, because of the fact that I've put so much work into being aware of like what I've kind of gone through and, and, and how my brain might work and how it might, um, you know, how, how it might influence me the way that I might react because of things. Um, because I'm aware of it, that means that, like, I put the work in, I can hopefully then come across and, and go go through various situations healthier, you know? I, I can, I can, like, um, as, as a small example, like, I, I, you know, you always have, like, kind of, like, upsets with friends. Like, I remember, like, a couple, a couple months ago, like, I'm, I want to make it sound like, you know, I never argue with my friends, like, but, like, <laughs> this, this friend group that I have, honestly, we usually we don't have problems like because it's you know we do kind of go through this like just be honest and talk and everything so like we we don't have problems usually um but i did i did have an issue like i think a good while ago like maybe like five months ago um and the thing is is that it was it was a situation where um i feel like a lot of people might have reacted kind of poorly in right and that younger me would have definitely reacted poorly in but i have put the work in and even though this this problem that i had was still it it was it was a big deal it was something that hurt me gravely i'm still best friends with this person and like it is a lot of it is because of the fact that these experiences have matured me and and i'm able to move forward I'm, i'm able to realize that like a lot of these things that you know people can consume themselves with and worrying about or panicking about etc i don't want to make it seem like it's inconsequential because i'm sure that if somebody is panicking about something it is very real to them and i think that is super important to like to validate that like pain is relative right Mm um but because i've been through a lot and because like a lot of the things that i have to worry about are kind of on this like bigger more like i guess you could say like life threatening scale like sounds kind of bad to say it, but like yeah um I, I i can really be very easy going with a considerable amount of stuff and you know what that's cool that's that's great you know it's 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 great that like for example i don't need to like i know a lot of people who are like are worried about like what if i'm like not married by this it's like i'm 23 and i'm single you know you and go. i'm like in my culture for example you know um so let's say i'm 23 because i just turned 23 like a couple days ago but anyways um in my culture you know um a really big thing is like you know when are you getting married when are you having kids when is this i've, I've like I've, I've told my parents like i don't know if i want to do that i don't know if i want to have kids etc all that obviously that doesn't go well you know obviously of course it's not going to go well right. um but uh who cares you know <laughs> um i'm dealing with so much more that i don't care about for example say upholding traditions i i'm not beating myself up over the fact that i'm single i'm not beating myself up over the fact that i am a lot more different than literally everybody around me that i stick out like a sore thumb in my family you know i've, I've gone through enough so that things like this which might be a huge big terrible problem for a lot of people hell even some of my siblings right who are like whatever um i can brush it off and 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 focus on on things that matter to me and like i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing i think it's a good thing personally um but it's just you know when you 
go through a lot of this kind of stuff when you're struggling a lot with mental illness and you know all this kind of stuff one one good thing i guess about it is that it really opens your eyes and it widens your perspective um it, it makes you i we're going back to what i said before it makes you very efficient it, it makes you efficient in recognizing all right when is it time to pull back or when is it time that I should stop dealing with this? Or when is the, you know, like, cause it's almost like you have to be, you know, um, sad circumstances. Sure. Like that got you to this point, but at, at the end of the day, like, yeah, you know, it, you said it before you, you have to, you have got to look for the positives. Yeah. And if, if you don't, if you consume yourself with the negatives, which again, I'm saying is really easy to do. Don't get me wrong. It's super easy to, oh, yeah. but if you do, you will drag yourself under mm-hmm. and, and and trust me i know a lot about dragging myself under because again like ocd is basically the whirlpool of all the service you know like that's kind of the entire point of it um, yeah. and that's that's why i speak so candidly um and 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 everything and i'll also say this to anybody who's dealing with mental illness because i know that this is a thought that like i struggle with daily like it's a revelation that i had really recently which is kind of crazy but like everybody deserves happiness everybody deserves success and i it sounds like you you would think that like yeah but like one thing I dealt with a lot that I still deal with is like when I'm going through like the worst of like my OCD and everything, I will think back a lot to the mistakes that I made or or like you know things that I when I was raised and all of this and the words that was said to me that was pounded into me and and things that I've gone through and you know I will feel almost unworthy of getting better. I I see that a lot. I see a lot of people who think that they don't deserve to feel better. And so they kind of like almost like suffocate themselves with their conditions or suffocate themselves in these negative thoughts. And the best thing that I can really say to anybody, again, as somebody who struggles with this kind of stuff is like, it's a really hard process to teach yourself Mm -hmm. that you are worthy of happiness the thing is, is that you have to start making the steps towards getting better before you believe that you deserve getting better. Like, it, it's a, it's kind of hard to explain, but you need to, just in general, anybody who's struggling with mental illness, the biggest problem, like the biggest struggle is definitely like accepting that you need help. Yeah. But it's also accepting that like help doesn't come when you feel ready to get help right it never does you just gotta push yourself past it even if you're feeling like uncomfortable um i'm i'm so sorry i'm talking a lot about this but this is like a really big thing for me uh like for for ocd one thing that has definitely taught me a lot is like one of the main ways that i got out of my first ocd attack i'm not going to go into the subject like the nature of the attack or like what it was what it revolves around because it is extremely dark and extremely triggering and i i just think that it would be better for people like not to go into that but it was it was bad right Mm -hmm. um and it was a i think not just a big fear of mine but like an integral fear of everybody's like literally everybody like if you're if you were alive you're scared of this right um and the way that i had to get over it was exposure therapy i cannot tell you how fucking hard that is to not just not, not just you know to to face it and everything, but to do that for hours and hours yeah. every day 
to like so if if we think about i guess the best way i can explain it to people who might not understand it is using traditional ocd right um or like the right so imagine imagine if you like if somebody is terrified of, of contracting a disease and so they they always wash their hands right mm-hmm. think of it like this because this is something that like when i finally came to this realization it blew my goddamn mind right somebody when they're washing their hands right, right. it eases the panic at that time right but what it also does is it reaffirms to the brain that there is something to be afraid of okay why would you why would you wash your hands? Like, why Why are you washing your hands? It's because there was something inherently dangerous and terrible about your hands not being clean. So while it might calm the anxiety at that moment, it also makes it worse because it's reaffirming to your brain and to yourself that there is something to be afraid of, right? Um, and, and so with my type of OCD, it was the exact same thing where I would take steps to avoid this thing that i was that i was terrified of this the concept of it and and anything in media and it's a very prevalent concept too so it it was very difficult to do that and so because i was constantly avoiding these things i was basically telling my brain there was something to be afraid of Mm -hmm. and so exposure therapy has it comes it, it it ends up just being you having to essentially like punch yourself in the face with these with your fears it's hard it's really hard especially if it's something that like literally you're convinced that your world will completely shatter everything will break everything will be ruined like it's not an easy thing to deal with um and this idea of exposure therapy and this idea of dealing with the things that make you scared and and confronting and and not running away from things and, and this idea of acceptance again is something that has taught me a lot, even beyond OCD, but just in general, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I talk a lot, but it's important, and I've never heard anybody say this, and so, because again, OCD is very misrepresented, and a lot of illnesses are, honestly, so, right. yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you're basically sharing your experience more with this kind of stuff, because I can only, like you said, there's not a whole lot of representation of this out there. Some, if nothing else, maybe someone else that is currently struggling with this will hear it and figure out a way to handle it on their own in, in a way that could be similar to yeah. yours. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And one thing that I should say just real fast to, to everybody, just remember, like, no matter what I'm saying, like, okay, um, healing is, is like, personalized. So you you... Like, if I'm saying something and I have all of these things that I've been doing and it doesn't work for you, that's completely okay. It doesn't need to, like, how do I say this? It, 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 it won't work, like, for everybody, right? right? So if, if something doesn't work, if you're not able to, to heal from something in the way that I'm doing, just keep at it. I there promise you, you there is a solution. There, there was go. always a solution. There you go. There we go. That that's a good way to word it. If I do say so myself. Um, <laughs> let let's get from you know let's leave reality for just a little bit. Let's get to what I like to call the dream scenario. Let's say I am big shot, Mister Moneybags. I come to you and I'm like, look, Sabrina, Emerald Tears. We love just about everything that you've been able to put out there. Your stories are absolutely riveting. Your art is absolutely stunning. We want to make. <laughs> The Dream My Emerald Tears project. 
So, if given access to everyone and given more money than there should ever exist in the world, what would be the dream My Emerald Tears project? My story, 100%. Honestly, just my story. Just okay. My, my biggest thing, the biggest thing is, is... Like, this is like such a far-fetched kind of idea. It would be so cool if I could have my story become, like, a video game or a show. Okay. I think if, if that ever happened, I would, I, would, I would piss myself, right? And so the reason why I say a video game or a show is, is because those two things are so unbelievably far-fetched for me to achieve by myself. Like, I'm not saying that, like, doing a graphic, like, an interactive uh, graphic novel isn't right. far-fetched. Like, it... it it will take a lot, but like a lot of that is drawing, comics, right? It's something that I can definitely, I, I can, I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but to create a an, an animation or to create a, a game or like I, I would just, I would just, I would, I would cry. I would legit cry. You know, I wouldn't actually cry. So uh, I, I, that would definitely be my my biggest dream to to see my characters just come to life. You know. There you go. I mean, it, 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 with with how much again you've already got invested in it. I mean, especially uh, like the video game would probably be like the best way to go about it because people like how much they invest so much in video games and how much time that they dedicate to that. And especially with you talking about like the decisions that people would make or whatnot and what way it would lead them, I think it would be perfect on the video game platform. Personally speaking, so yeah. It, it would be cool and like that's that's how i'm also seeing it like I'm, I'm seeing like the interactive graphic novel will kind of be like it will be in a game format you know it, it you like go. the the game format where like you choose yeah so it would definitely be interactive like you choose like that would that would be my biggest dream holy shit man <laughs> so there you go hopefully you'll get there at some point i really do i really do hope for it but sadly we have to come down from the clouds we have to come back from the dream scenario we gotta go back to reality for a little bit <laughs> where do you hope to see yourself say five ten years from now uh happy there you go like i know like i'm sure like a lot of people have been like i want to do this show and i want to i just i i if i am if i let's say i lose like let's say i lose everything and i don't have like any followers or what i don't care like um it's not that i don't care obviously like i i know i need this to to right like support myself medication etc all of that right but um, one of the things I think that I'm still searching for and, and that I, I feel like I will definitely um, be fighting for for a while is, is this idea of not even just happiness, but like just being content, being okay with where I am right now, right? Um, and it, it's kind of weird because I'm sure, I'm sure like a lot of people when you ask this question, like they will say, if they say happy, you know, it'll be kind of like the, you know, the kind of typical happiness or they might say something that is like material but like i i just want to be able to for a second just sit down to think about everything to breathe out and to say you know what life's all right that is my that is one of my biggest goals you know and and i don't know what it will take to get there i, I don't know if if you know maybe maybe getting my story out will get there maybe if i'm able to make a consistent you know income off of the things that i love maybe that will Maybe that will help, but um, that I, I, you know, let's say my story doesn't get out. Let's say five years from now, you know, it still isn't out. Okay, it's 
fine. It can take as long as it needs to. It doesn't even need to come out. But if I'm able to find a, a sense of self and if I'm if I'm hopefully you know able to recover a lot uh, from some of the stuff that I go through, heal a lot and, and, and finally be okay with this experience of living that is more than I could ever ask for. And as much for, I, I would say I'm pretty easygoing, you know, like it doesn't even need to be constant like even if it's just like oh for like a day i can just have a day where i'm like wow things are okay you know for this that entire day like that'd be that'd be pretty cool there you go that's pretty cool that's a good way to look at it it's a good it's a good mentality to have more than anything else um as as we're winding down the interview i just have one last question that i'd like to ask obviously like you're Okay. So invested and deep rooted when it comes to art in general like there's no way anyone's gonna be taking you away from that anytime soon how important is art? Shit, no. How important is art not just for you, but for the world as a whole? Art, and by extension, media, mm-hmm. is an extremely. It's it builds humans. It builds people, and um, I have. I feel like people are like, yeah. Well, artists always think that art is like much more important than it actually is. Like I've heard that a lot, but think of it like this right look around you know if when you go out let's say let's you go to a hospital you're gonna see some flyers you're mm-hmm. gonna see some you know you're gonna see some things you're gonna see like a nice little graphic go to the mall you know you're gonna see advertisement you're gonna see logos you're gonna see this you're gonna see that you come home wind down watch a tv show art and and and, and creation and it is literally everywhere it creates a foundation for people it creates a foundation of their sense of self that's always that's why i talk about it so much a kid growing up is going to have their perception of right and wrong of of what's normal of what's pretty of what's this of what's that shaped by what they ingest whether it's their stories that they read it's the comics that they read it's the it's the advertisements that they see it's the shows they watch it's the cartoons they enjoy they will have their entire like they will have their sense of what is right and wrong they will have their inspiration shaped by the art that they are unknowingly ingesting. Art is so important because it's not just a matter of drawing. It's not just a matter of creating. It's a matter of 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 of, of shaping human beings, mm-hmm. and especially for for children, right? Who are particularly impressionable. Their entire sense of of what's right and wrong, what's normal, and all of that is is influenced by the media that they that they take in, that they ingest. And it's like, why do you think that there are so many women who struggle with, 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 you know, their perception of their bodies and what is skinny and what's beautiful? It's because for all around us, media has told us, art has told us that there is a specific type of body, a specific type of, of weight that is more beautiful than the other types. And that beauty revolves around everything, right? If, if media can inspire unfortunately an entire generation of ex- poor self-confidence and, and 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 problems with eating and and all of that like things that i go through you know if if if, if media if art can can uh, um, you know do something like that i don't want to say like you know it's completely art's fault but that it is the process of creating it is the process of creativity right mm-hmm. why can't we do something that's also 
better, right? Why can't we create? Why can't we create a a a, a kind of a, an environment of, of media of art that can make people feel comfortable looking the way that they do or going through things that they go through, like? Art is, is, is integral to almost everything. Um, it, it is integral from the Stone Ages when it came to getting across information or, or ex- expressing what people did on, on a daily basis to, to now because we, whether we like it or not, art is, is everywhere and extremely important and, and a, a vital job. It, think about like literally like literally any process any kind of job and somewhere in the line you are going to need an artist whether it's a graphic designer it's a logo designer it's 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 an advert like somebody who works with advertisement it's a it's a filmmaker it's it's a it's an illustrator you will need art right and and so like not only is art important and just upholding well like a form of society you know it's also important because it is one of the main things that can influence for better or for worse how children will grow up seeing and, and experiencing the world around them so yeah art, art's vital like it, it's extremely important there we go i i can't think of a better way to word it myself um with that that's all the questions that i have for you um i've already showered you with a lot of praise but i'm gonna show you with more because it's my podcast i do what i want um <laughs> but uh oh my god i i just want to say that you know i i've heard a good bit about you before i asked you to be on the podcast you can mainly thank rt grandpa for that but um no it's like <laughs> oh but like you know seeing your work beforehand and and hearing so much wonderful things about you it's like i knew i wanted to have you on this podcast um but now that i actually had a chance to sit down chat listen to your story listen to just how amazing of a story it is no matter how way you no matter which way you look at it i just want to say that thank you for what you do because i i can imagine with with health it's hard with, with your with what you have going against you, how hard it is for you to like focus on your art or focus on other people at times. Like I can only imagine how, how rough it is for you, but the fact that you're still able to, to power through on a daily basis and still be an integral part for a lot of people's lives one way or another and, and remaining a, a good force more than anything else to, to warrant your like honesty that you present out there to everyone else. It's been an honor to even just have a conversation with with you, let alone be on a podcast with you. Um, it's it's amazing the work that you do, the artwork that you create is absolutely amazing, and I I cannot thank you enough for giving me your time to to let this story beat out there. So thank you for all you do, thank you for your time, and I'm gonna be one of you know hundreds, thousands, one day millions. I'll be rooting for you every single step of the way with whatever you do next because you deserve a lot and then some. So thank you. God, wow. I shit, man. Um, that means that means a lot. And to to hear that you think that one day I can make it, that is that that's that's big because sometimes I don't know. I I, I don't know if I'll make it. I don't know if I'm I'm cut out for this. I don't know if I'm if I'm if I'm cut out for for the the creation worlds or yeah so 
I mean, I, I personally think, it, like, with the amazing stuff you're already putting out there, and especially, like, the story that you're talking, that you've been talking up, more or less, and, like, all these incredible ideas, and, again, like I said, the the amazing and gorgeous art that you do present out there, like, it just takes one right person to just see it, and I'm sure that person will see it one day, and you, you'll make it. I, I have full confidence in you. I really do. That's... Oh, man, that, that's so sweet of you. I, I I appreciate that. And you know what? I I also know that it, a lot of it, unfortunately, is you know, if you're in the right place at the right time, and that's actually part of the reason why I want to be the right. Like I I want anybody who comes into contact with me to feel like they were in the right place at the right time. You know, you that's that's why I want to give so much love and why I want to, you know, I want to spread and everything. There you go. Um, yeah. There we go. There we go. Basically, at the long and short of it, at the end of the day, thank you. Just, just thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. For the people that may not already know, go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home. Oh God. Okay. Hi. Um, I'm Maya Real Tears. You can you can find me at twitter.com slash tears. I've I'm posting there a lot. Um, I will be getting back into streaming soon. I go by um, the same name on Twitch, Myramal Tears. And in fact, you can basically find me everywhere. Um, and to anybody who's interested, if you want to talk more with me, I have I have a Discord server that is uh, open. Um, anybody can join, and it is quite a lovely place. If I if I do say so myself, I know everybody says that about their community, but like. My community is so nice that it flabbergasted. Like it makes me surprised, honestly. Um, and yeah, I I'm just so happy to be here, and I'm I'm happy to have this opportunity. And thank you so much for for having me, dude. Like this, is very sweet of you. Well, like I said, thank thank you for all that you really do. Also, hey, if you want to wear some of the stuff that you've made or that Sabrina has made, you can see behind my head for the video <laughs> viewers. But it's one of those like. Sh- she and Archie Grandpa collaborated to help with some pieces that are going for the uh, Pride merch that I dropped last month. Um, they're still up on the shop, and, oh. all the, and and all the proceeds that don't go back to Sabrina and Archie Grandpa are going to either Landa Literary or the Trans Lifeline. So, link will be link to all of that yeah. stuff will be in the description below. Yeah. There you go. All right. I'll say. Do Thank you, have, you for do, having me. Do you have any final words before we sign off? Um, yes. Um, this just goes to everybody, no matter what is happening or what you're, what you're going through. It, it will get better. Um, and I know it's like so hard to believe when, um, when somebody is going through like a lot and, you know, everything is kind of surrounding you. Like, I, I, I know, like I've had people tell me like it will get better and I'm, and I'm there like, what do you know? You know, like, I get that. I get that feeling. But, um, part of getting better part of of healing is is you know accepting even for the smallest amount even if it's just telling yourself this in the mirror once a day twice a day it's telling yourself that it can get better and that you deserve for it to get better um it don't wait until you start feeling better to start making changes because a lot of the times, it's not going to happen. It, there's never, there's never going to be this magical moment, this this key where it just clicks and you you get it. Like a, that's, it's not going to be like that. So this goes to everybody. Like, I promise you, with effort and and with time, things do 
get better. And on top of it, if you ever need anybody to talk to, I am literally like always here. Like, don't, don't be shy. Don't, don't be afraid to talk to me. I'm just a person just like everybody. And it is, it is my honor to help anybody who, who comes to me for literally anything. So yeah. There we go. I mean, if nothing else, if you are able to find her in person one way or another, she gives hugs there, the most intimate hugs ever. So there you go. Want to hear my heart beat against yours? There, <laughs> there we go. I was supposed to sound creepy just so you're <laughs> No, it had a bit of creepiness to it. I'll give you that. Anyways. Um... <laughs> For the, with that, all I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta luego, mi amigos. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard. 